I got like a uh, I got a fan blowing on me. Can you hear that? Nah. Nah. All right. Cool. Hopefully that won't present an issue. It's hot as fucking here, bro. I'm a non I'm a non air conditioner owning person in this season of my life, and I don't want to become an air conditioner owning person in this season of my life. Um, I live on the first floor, so I don't feel secure with an air conditioner in my window. For one, <laughs> and then for two, um, I'm just not one of those people who likes to be in a cold ass room under the covers. That should just don't make sense. So yeah, all night I'm pretty much fighting to be naked all night. Nah, man, my shit's just fucked up, man, because, like, I'll be under the covers, but I'm actually sweating under the covers in a cold-ass exactly. room. That's what I mean. <laughs> so, when you wake so up and you got, like, a cold sweat and you can't get out of the covers because it's freezing out there. Yeah, so, so it's, it's like, just like, yeah, it's terrible, yeah. man. And for a nigga who's, for a nigga like myself who's task-depressed anyway, you can't be running out of reasons to get out of the bed. Like, you need every reason you can do. You can gather <laughs> to, like, wake hey. up and start your day. Yeah. So, yeah. But man, it's, you know what I mean. Afraid to get out of bed because it's freezing in the middle of summer. It's, and you're sweaty. Uh, it's terrible. You're sweaty. Yeah. <laughs> you're sweaty as fuck too. Um. Yeah. That should have been you fuck around and get pneumonia in July. Yeah, that's the big thing, man. That's the, like, it sucks to have like a big ass comforter that I use, but I gotta just start like you know just muscling up. I sleep on top of my sheet. comfort. I sleep on top of my comforter, yo. I use another sheet. I got a little sheet that I keep folded up on the side of my bed all day. And then when it's time to lay down and go to sleep, I might take that joint and unfold it halfway and put it over my thighs. <laughs> and then that's life. Like, I sleep on a made bed every fucking day. And then after two weeks, the shit, you know, I got to clean it. So I take my sheets that I never even slept in and put them shits in the washing machine. <laughs> yeah. But, uh... uh oh, man. Yeah, that's the only thing. No, 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 that's cool, man. I mean, I, I kind of got the same shit going on. The only thing is... You know, I'm sleeping next to somebody that likes to sleep under all the blankets and sheets a lot of times. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I negotiate this sometimes when it comes to that. So, it's interesting. But in the meantime, though, I actually just got a new mattress. I think that's actually kind of making me hot too because it's a foam mattress, but I sink in. So, I think I got to get like some lighter types of sheets, man. Because the sheets yeah, I'm using got, right now, you could get a. You could get one of those cooling pillow tops that have yeah. like divots in it that it's all like completely stick to your skin. So it'll give it'll it'll allow for like air pockets between your skin and the top of the surface of the mattress. Yeah, that should probably work a little better. Cause that's the thing. Cause right now it's probably the worst thing to have. I got like a uh, jersey uh, sheets, like you know, like like t-shirts. It's like t-shirt material, like so. mesh. No, nah, not even mesh. Like, not nah, like, like, yeah, like, like normally, like, like a fucking Hanes T-shirt and shit. So just oh, like the cotton. brand jerseys. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's ass. So yeah, that's that's, it, that's it, great it feels, for the winter, nigga. It, yeah, it feels good. To, it, it feels good to lay down and sleep on, but you know what I mean. Yeah, it's, it's good just, on your skin, but it's it's, yeah. it's hot. Yeah, I feel that. So I don't know. Maybe man. I might need to get silk sheets, man. So maybe maybe I'm that point, actually, that point in my life. I think silk. I don't think silk breathes either, do it. Do silk breathe? I don't know. It might I mean, stick to you too. I'm pretty because I had I, uh, I had silk sheets. Well, I didn't have silk sheets. My uncle had silk sheets, and I was staying with that nigga. But that shit, I remember them joints sticking to you like a motherfucker too. Damn. So I guess you gotta do like linen. I don't know. I guess what whatever material like can do it's linen breathable. sheets. Yes, yeah, it's breathable. Ass. I don't know. I know they got certain brands that actually have like like special sheets that are like more comfortable for sleeping in. So I guess you probably do more research on that. Yeah. I mean, I I, I come from being broke. You cold, just put more clothes on. You hot, just take some off. 
that's why I'm that's why I'm at with it. That's why I'm half naked every time I talk to you anymore. <laughs> oh, I thought you just got done doing a cam show. Nah, nah. I was thinking about that shit though. I really was. I was thinking, man, I sit here and jerk my dick all day. Don't show my face. I could probably make some bread, right? I mean, niggas kind of do it for free already, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, but some bread in the process. But then, but then I guess yeah. the only issue would be like, man, it's, eventually somebody, yeah, I know. And eventually somebody, you know, is going to see that shit, you know what I mean? They'd be like, yo. Yeah, and plus, like, it's not like I'm the only person. Yeah, explain that shit to the youngest, your family and shit like that, you know what I mean? I mean, nobody gave Draymond no shit. What? Draymond's actually uh, doing cam work? Nah, nah. He, he he sent a dick pic out on Snapchat a little while ago. And I, nobody really talked about it for very long at all. Probably lasted like a day, two days. But that's the thing. Did he, did he put it on a story or did he actually like send Yeah, he it put it on a story, nigga. Damn. <laughs> it was an oh, accident, damn. but he did it. It was an oh, accident, shit. but he did it. And then I was like, wait, this happened? And then I went to go look it up to go see. And like, <laughs> I was two <laughs> steps away from seeing it. No, I ain't went damn. to go look it up to go see his dick, nigga. I went to go look it up to see if it actually happened because somebody claimed it happened. Matter of uh, fact, no, you, gotta be, you gotta be like Lil B, man. Lil B said, man, listen. Oh, uh, because I don't know, Lil man. B said what? Lil B said what? B, B said, oh, man, at, listen, son. You gotta scoop out the man competition, dick. though. You gotta yeah, scoop out the competition, said. you know what I mean? <laughs> wow. This is to me, like, to even for a man to even look at that shit like another man's dick is competition to you. That's crazy, <laughs> man. Like, that's wild shit, bro. Like, there's a whole bunch of shit in life I'm working and earning and conquering and shit. <laughs> I'm looking at another nigga dick as my competition, bro. <laughs> that shit crazy. Little B wild, uh, bro. He ain't no uh, man. <laughs> anyway, shouts uh, out to the bass guy, yo. Fuck that. Let's intro. Let's intro this shit. Uh, if you ain't real, cut this shit off right now. Dead ass. Echoes history perspective. Fuck my name. Fuck his name. Uh, this is another ghost of the real nigga podcast. Uh, we should be coming back to real life soon, too. Um, yeah, very easy. soon. How you living? Uh, within the next week, I mean, I'm living cool. Uh, no, I'm actually living great, man. Niggas, niggas doing well, man. Feeling well, man. Uh, feeling well, fine, actually. Doing fine. Happy Father's Day. Uh, I know. Actually, that's, that's, that's what I want to actually kind of get started with, man. Uh, we actually are recording this on Father's Day 2020. Uh, was this three days? Two days? after Juneteenth and shit like that, so. Something like that. But uh, major shout out to all the fathers, current fathers, dudes that's out there that's handling their business. Uh, the dudes that ain't, it ain't never too late, man. You can always have a relationship, you know, we, man. you know we got a whole section of the show for those shout outs. I know, but I mean, but just, we're going to just kick it out on this, man. It's Father's Day, man. I mean, all right, all right. All right. <laughs> no, because like, I got like you don't think I'm shouting out fathers again. I got fathers on my shoutouts. That's the first thing on my shoutouts, but that's not oh, I'm out for another hour from now. All right. Well, I got you. I got you. I get, before before I get in depth, though, you know what I mean? Because I guess there's more to be said to it. But yo, shouts out to current fathers. Uh, shouts out to the, the ones that are doing it. Shouts out to the ones that aren't. Uh, just know it ain't it ain't too late. And uh, I guess to kind of jump jump into uh, some of the hey, look look. How here. about this? Shouts out, shouts out to my niggas who ain't in their kids' life because that bitch is fucking crazy and you can't. Like, fuck it. You got to do what you got to do, man. You got to protect yourself first. You can't take care of nobody unless you're taking care of yourself. Dead ass. Otherwise, you're just a hindrance. So make your life right, then get back in them kids' life if you see the need to. If not, stay the fuck away because you probably creep any fucking way. <laughs> oh, man. 
So that's the thing about that. Well, let's let's get into that, man. So what about niggas that are actually like triggered by Father's Day? So because you like got me? that situation. <laughs> like me? Man, I didn't know uh, you had that situation, but man, I don't know. You probably got a couple sons in the game right now, man. Uh man, yeah, nah. I don't even want to talk about that. Anyway, fucking yeah, some niggas are triggered <laughs> because they just dead ass uh like bad dads. Dead you talking about them niggas? Dead ass deadbeats. I mean, should we care how they feel? I don't know. I guess that's the main thing. I mean, is it pertinent upon us to kind of like, you know, shame them and actually like making a difference and shit like that? Or is it kind of like a thing? I mean, based on like, everything that I, based on everything that I just said, like. I, I mean, maybe, maybe guilt's probably taking care of them at this moment right now. Uh, Like I was saying, based on everything that I said, I can't really like objectively speak to any person's situation if I don't know it. So I can't, I can't make a sweeping ass statement like all fathers should make an effort to take care of their children. I can't make that statement, my nigga. I wish I could. I wish life was that simple. But yeah. you know what? There's so, there's so many extenuating circumstances that would make such a task impossible. And I admit and I recognize that. So, I mean, I could sit here and I could beat and bash dad be dads. Um, but it really ain't no, I like, you know, everybody makes mistakes at the end of the day. So I yeah. really want a nigga to just be a better person. Like, like yeah. that, ain't even my, that ain't even my place to say, nigga. Uh, Shit, what if you aborted all your kids? Do that make you a better father than the nigga who walked out on his? I don't know. Right. It's like this nigga Dave Chappelle said. This nigga Dave Chappelle said, yo, look, if this bitch is able to kill the baby without my consent, I should at least be able to leave a little motherfucker alone. Oh, man. That's almost true. I know they're saying, uh, what country is it? Some, Some country in Europe. I think it's like Sweden or like Norway or somewhere like that. Uh, the father can actually uh, give away his rights to the kid, actually, or some shit like that. Sign him away. Yeah. So pretty much, pretty much, like I guess, like give up all responsibility. Because I guess, I guess that's the father's version of a, an abortion. Because it's kind of a thing where it's just like a woman could just straight up not have the kid if she doesn't want it. But a guy, I mean, if she decides to have it. I mean, I'm responsible for it. <laughs> you're responsible either way. Well, granted, but look though, but look though, but look though, what if I wanted her to have it and she decided not to? I'm responsible for that too, because I'm an asshole for trying to control somebody's body, right? Uh, yes and no. Yeah. I, I, but I guess that responsibility of actually—I think that's the thing, though, because actually having a kid is fucking—that's work. You know what I mean? And you know, motherfuckers actually die from that shit. So more motherfuckers than we actually care to think about, too. So. Well, you know. uh, mainly all women. <laughs> so I <laughs> mentioned that part. Yeah. Um. You know, yeah, I don't know. We, we all ain't junior out here, you know what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. But, yeah, like, I don't know. Like, I can't really judge those situations, though, to be honest with you. Because, like, like I said, there's a lot of extenuating circumstances. Like, for me, I can even look at certain circumstances where I could say it might be better for certain people for their dad to not have been in their life just because all the foul shit that their dad was participating in. And, like... I know I seen my uncle um, pretty much like party, party hard with his son. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his son had came into his own after he had been out of his life for a while. So I feel like that bond was something that they, uh, that was him was, trying to was, get back. It was, it was a negative. Yeah. I guess it's coming it to was, get back, but I guess it was kind of like, 
it was kind of like a net negative, I guess. So, I, I mean, guess. I'm not really saying it's a negative. It was like he was trying to get back. But if you look at it like, all right, so if you was that type of nigga the whole time, imagine when I was like 13, 14, I'd have yeah. probably got into this shit a lot quicker. Or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you would have probably been a lot more of a liability as a responsible person in my life. Matter of fact, as a role model in my life. Yeah. Yeah, that's like, as much as I miss my pop, my pop was a dead-ass criminal, bro. Good as shit at it. Very, very good at it. Um, that's the but, thing. But do you think? But do you think you would have probably mimicked that behavior growing up? Or do you think you probably like you know? Because I, I think I think did, you probably I did press mimic it. that behavior as a child. I mimicked that behavior. But did he press it upon you? I CVS when I was like eight years old, and I was cut but, to school. But did he press upon you to not like partake in that behavior though? No, he no. didn't say. He didn't say be better than me, son. <laughs> I don't want you to make well, the same mistakes I made. He didn't say that. I mean. That's a conversation. I think that that doesn't come until you like sixteen. <laughs> I think it's a certain uh, level of uh, emotional maturity. I think somebody needs to be at to qu- really? quite That's understand bullshit. that one. I disagree. Well, I disagree. Because really? I can sit here, yeah. Because I can sit here and look at an eight-year-old, and I can tell an eight-year-old, "Hey, look, I'm giving you a lot of advice, and I didn't follow all of the advice. I made a lot of mistakes. I'm trying to keep you from making those same mistakes that I made." And I think that a child. Maybe about eight, nine years old, because I did, I did hear that from my mom. Maybe about eight, nine years old, I think a child could grasp that to an extent to be able to say, okay, this person that's telling me what to do is not perfect. Well, my, my only thing is, but I think at that point, I think it's kind of just like, I think you're still at that point kind of taking instructions. At eight uh, years old, you are still taking instructions, but you should no, still be because six years old is when you pretty much lose that formative time of, like everything you know to be reality is how you live your your routine in life and shit like that habit yeah. shit so i believe that if you was to uh if you was to uh, inundate a child with wisdom and truth up until early age eight, yeah, early yeah uh, things would be them things would be in there and then they wouldn't have to necessarily do the math and the head and the logic to put it together because they would already have like this this prescriptive framework that you've been just drilling in there for a long time and that's parenting for the most part it's repetition and consistency yeah, I think, but I think the big thing about it, I think, it, I think about it is just the ability to reflect. You know what I mean? I don't think as an eight-year-old, nine-year-old, you can be able to be able to reflect on certain. I was things, able to reflect. I played with fire. I played with fire when I was seven. I got my ass beat the fuck down, and then my dad took me out to McDonald's and bought me some race cars. I was in the NASCAR back then. Uh, and in All that right. time, he told me, "Wait, wait, wait!" And in that time, he told me, "Son, the only reason I beat you so bad was because you wouldn't cry. If you would have just cried, I wouldn't have felt the need to keep hurting you." But because you stood there and tried to take it like a man, I thought that I was not affecting you. So I just kept trying harder. That's what he explained to me. So in retrospect, I can understand it. But even at the time, I understood it. I didn't like it, but I understood it. All right. So I guess the main thing I wanted to say is like empathy. You know what I mean? So not necessarily just to actually understand not necessarily where the person's from or from, but to be able to kind of take the time to actually kind of put yourself in their position in a sense, to actually be able to understand things, you know what I mean? So, but you know, you have to force a child to do that. You have to force that perspective on a child because they won't take it in, unless like it's introduced to them. For the most yeah, part, I don't know, but, but, I don't know but, too but, many but kids I, who are just like, oh, I got ice cream, let me share this shit now. Yeah, but that, but I guess that's the main thing, right? Like I think that's why I think like like eight or nine, like I guess you have like those general things you have, but I feel like once you get, I, I usually kind of say in teenage years, once you start making friends, have had a set of friends, and have split apart from a set of friends and shit like that, 
and even amongst your family to be able to kind of have that conversation and to actually, and I think that's usually the point of your, in your life to where you're actually looking more towards the future. The expectations are more towards the future. So I think when you have a conversation like that, uh, I think it kind of sticks a little bit more. I think it has a little bit more weight rather than just saying, hey, don't do as I say, not already at do as I say, not as I do, but more or less, mm-hmm. you know, you understand why they say do as I say and not as I do, because you actually understand what they're doing a little bit more. So Right. Right. And I've seen the I've seen the drawbacks from it. And maybe maybe I can't crystallize it exactly for you to a way that you can see it as clearly as I can, but I could at least try to take the time to help you understand it. Maybe show you some examples. I mean, we got the internet out here. It's a million yeah. different ways to teach a child. Um, yeah, that's true. That's true. But we ain't teachers. Uh, I'm a teacher. Fuck out of here. Nigga, we got a platform. Hell yeah. I'm a teacher. What do you mean? You're a teacher too. First off, I'm a, people, I'm a, I'm people. A, I'm an instructor. What the hell is the difference, my guy? What's, what's the difference? I give niggas instructions. Say no. Nah, nah, I wouldn't even say that. Uh, more of a guide, a, a guide. There we go. So what's the difference between instructing and teaching? Methodology? Teaching? I think so. I mean, right. they, they end up with the same fucking results, I would imagine. So I don't think that there's any real difference, honestly. I think the methodology can even be questioned. I don't know. Because when I think about teaching, I think, I think well, I think it's just like a, a gen- in a general sense to where you're a teacher, an instructor essentially is just like kind of like just giving you a syllabus, kind of giving you the information you need. Uh, they'll walk you through it, it to in you. a sense. Yeah, present it. Yeah, so I'm more or less presenting you the information, but, teacher, but not necessarily walk through it. Work, 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 work with it. Work through, work. God damn. It. Work through that. Work through the information with you. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so that's the main thing. I mean, yeah. I mean, shit. As you can kind of see, with even with the situation we had last week, right? You know, you know, B. He wanted to actually work through that with uh, with homeboy and shit, <laughs> and he wanted to actually teach him something. You know. Mm-hmm. But I feel like a lot of times, like, man, it's only instructive for me to actually say the right thing to you a lot of times. Sometimes, man, you know, in a certain sense, you kind of have to teach yourself, you know. Uh, I think in a situation like that. But that was just a, a all-around fucked-up situation anyway, so. I might as well let the people know what happened. So, basically, uh, I just you want business you, with somebody. Okay. What? what was I was going to say, you want to dignify the situation by, you know, you putting it on wax or? or I mean, I'm. I don't owe nobody no anonymity or nothing like that. So I can talk about it if I want to talk about it. Okay. Niggas putting their love on wax. My love? Nah, it ain't love. Ain't no love there. (laughs) Anyway. um, So I did business with somebody last week, and they continually tried to take advantage of me. They asked me to do a a T-shirt for them, which was the thing that they asked me to do. I was like, all right, you got a design, right? They was like, yep. They came to my house. They ain't have a design. I was like, yo, you already fucking up. He's like, I know, I know, I know. This person knew that I could design. So I was like, so what are you expecting from me right now? It's like, man, I was just hoping we could sit down together and just do it and just knock it out real quick. I was like, listen, bro, this is a friend. This is somebody I've known for years. I'm like, listen, bro, you already are pissing me off with that. Just that. Now, let me explain to you the situations that I've been in over the last year and a half. So, it's, so, so you can understand why I can even look at my friend so warily. And he heard me. He understood. And then I continued to do that favor for him. And then after that, he tried to film shit. And then after that, what else he tried to do? He was trying to do all types of shit. He was trying to take all types of pictures and shit. 
but anyway, both, long both story short, using equipment story, that he ain't need to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was actually trying to trying to trying to get splits on fucking intellectual property and shit. All right, yeah, that's what. <laughs> all right, so the nigga, so they basically. All right, so long story short, the nigga, the nigga left the crib after I made him the shirts and said, "Yo, can you send me that vector?" And I was like, "Nigga, no." <laughs> Because that's you. You just want to take it and make it a logo now, and then he was like, "Oh well, I don't want to." Do I was like, "That's two hundred, damn, that's two hundred. And then the nigga argued with me for about an hour. The next day, well, this is after B called him. B called him, put him on blast. We talked for about an hour and a half, all three of us. And then the next day, he came to me and tried to make the case that since we had worked on a design together, that he owned it, half of it, intellectually, it was his property, half of it. And I told him, so now because I did you a fucking favor, you're going to try to use that against me? Well, then guess what, bitch? I still have the file. So it's all in my hands. I don't want to work with you anymore. So he was like, all right, well, what if I give you $100? So I waited the next day. I was like, man, whatever. I'll think about it. So I waited two or three days to talk to my nigga Tone. And I told Tone the whole situation. He got mad as shit. You know how Tone is. He got mad as shit. He was like, what the fuck is wrong with niggas, yo? Like, it seemed like every time you try to do something for a nigga, like, Give a nigga a rope, you want to be a cowboy, B. So, um, give a nigga he was like, yeah, he was, yeah, he was like, yeah, if you want to, man, if you want to give it to him for a bean, I mean, that's just a bean. And it's not like you got to do any extra work to do it. I was like, yeah, I know, but it's the principle of the thing. Like, I don't give a fuck about no bean, nigga. I don't need a bean right now, for real, for real. I'd rather prove a point. Yeah. So, uh, so I told him I'm cool with a bean. I told him I'm cool with a bean. And, uh, he ain't never give me the bean yet. I ain't never given him the, the file yet either. So, <laughs> this is where we're at. Damn, so, so, uh, yeah, this motherfucker just wasn't in a position to value any of my work that I was willing to give him. Uh, and he was also talking about doing video work, and I had to let him know, like, nigga, that's like, come on, man. Like, I'm willing to do you favors. Take the favors I'm willing to do you. Don't fucking keep sitting here trying to push it and push it. Because now what happened? Now we can't even work together no more. Uh, and then meanwhile, I called that nigga trying to look for some tree last week. And he ain't even answer. He ain't even text me back or nothing. So, fuck that. Damn. Um, Definitely about his biz. Well, I can't say about his biz, but definitely ain't. About, he, ain't uh, he ain't looking out for me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he ain't looking out for me. So, yo, dog, I've been losing patience lately, man. I've been I've been running out of patience real fast. So I wanted to ask you. I think it's personally from a lack of like human contact and probably also uh, the professional capacity that I'm usually finding myself in. Mm-hmm. Uh. Well, no, I gotta say though, for, at least at least for you though, at least for the past few years, I mean. You kind of had to deal with like a lot of like unsavory motherfuckers, man. So, I mean, I'm not surprised that your face. I, I actually, I'm actually surprised that your face didn't really quite run thin uh, sooner and shit like that. So, uh, I guess actually having this time off and not having that contact, I guess you kind of really have, I don't know, just decided that, man. You don't want to take no shit from nobody, man. Uh, especially yeah. kind of, I, I actually having kind of like getting your feng shui back and shit like that, man. Nah, man, fuck that shit, man. Don't be compromising, man. Don't compromise your sanity. Well, you just push your fucking shit back together, you know what I mean? Fuck that, you know what I mean? Yeah, so. I'm, I appreciate you saying that, my nigga, because I like I can't even I can't even afford to keep second guessing myself like this. So um, for real, man, for real, just 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 me just saying that, you know what I mean? Because I don't know, man, niggas is wild out here, man, and niggas gotta be together and work together and everything like that too. Yeah, but that man, I don't know, that still don't put you in a position where you need to like be. Fucking with niggas that's trying to fuck you over, you know what I mean? Exactly. Even if they ain't trying to fuck you over, even if niggas may may it may inadvertently fuck you over in a situation, and you're just trying to avoid that. I mean, I think niggas should at least kind of you know respect that space, you know what I mean? So, real shit. Treat treat me like a fucking rape victim, please. Don't touch me. (laughs) 
Keep your distance. Um, yo, so my bad. What was you gonna say? Nah, but now nah, you said do you have something you had to ask me? I was gonna say, do you think that uh, patience is like a muscle, where like you got to just keep working on it, and if you stop working on it, then it kind of like deteriorates, or do you think it's like a discipline, where it's like you just keep putting into it, and then like it becomes a skill that you hold on to? Uh, I think it's actually both. Uh, I think I think it's. I hate you for that type of shit. No, 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 no. But all right, I'm I'm, I'm gonna explain why it's both, and I'm explain. I like obviously there's two different ways of looking at it, right? Yeah, yeah. Per yeah, patience as a virtue of like you know I mean who you are, and I think you actually have like the patience that you exercise like every day with people and shit like that, right? So being a patient so when, person, being a patient person is like kind of just growth over time. You know what I mean? Like, um, you know, especially you know is because being a patient person is a little tough because on one end, uh, you may really be really anxious. You know what I mean? Cause I know like me, a nigga like me, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm pretty type A when it comes to a lot of different things. Uh, but a lot of times, man, you know, you have, you have to deal with like, you know, that, uh, I guess not even just the disappointment of things, but just, just, you know, just, you have to realize that life isn't in a vacuum. You know what I mean? Everything's not going to necessarily work on your schedule or whatever schedule that you're trying to follow and that it's ordained, you know what I mean? So you have to actually, uh, I heard somebody say recently, just because it doesn't work the way you want it to work, doesn't mean it's broken. Exactly. I mean, it's still working because it's still here. You know what I mean? But, right. uh, I think a lot of times, like, you know, you have to, you have to understand that. And I think, you know, having not, not necessarily even having an understanding of the situation, but having an understanding of where you stand within that situation. Because obviously, like, you know, you got a, a circle of shit that, that you're concerned about, but, you know what I mean, you'd be surprised with, like, how, how little of that shit that you can actually influence, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, or how little of that shit is concerned about you. Yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, so, uh, so I think a lot of times, you know, it, it comes down to understanding that. And I think that's the, the key to patience, you know what I mean? At least just knowing that, knowing where you are, at least in the universe and shit like that. Uh, obviously, you know, from there, understanding that, you can kind of make strides to, to expand your influence and all that shit like that. And, you know, kind of cut down your concerns and what you're concerned about. That's a lot of that. But, you know, that's, that's, that's what I say. Like, that's the more virtuous part of it, right? Like, that's like growing and being better as a person, you know what I mean? But I think like, you know, everyday practical patience, that's just definitely a muscle, you know what I mean? And I think that's like a muscle in the sense to where you have to actually work on it and keep it stronger. But the main thing is, in some instances, man, you actually have to keep that muscle flexed because in the situation, you may be in a situation where the, the, when you do let that muscle go, you may just end up fucking just flipping out and just snapping, you know what I mean? So Yeah, you might pop that shit. Exactly, you know what I mean? So, but then you have to work to kind of draw it back in, you know what I mean? So, but it's that, that's just like kind of a constant process in itself. Uh, yeah. That... Well, I may seem that, you know what I mean? Well, I may seem to actually have that pretty well. Uh, I still struggle with it, man. Because honestly, like, I, I think there's only a certain, everybody has a certain threshold of it. Uh, I think mm -hmm. the best idea is to not have too high of a threshold, uh, but just to be able to have it situationally, but not to hold that, you know what I mean? And eternally have that everyday practical patience because you can't be patient all the time in every moment. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, when I was, in, so, when so, I was so, younger, so so I guess it's I guess it's the difference between practicing patient and being patient. You know what I mean? So being patient, be, as in being a patient person and being more understanding, more thoughtful, and you know what I mean. But there's another part of it where you know you have to actually 
practice to work on that shit. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, certain moments where, you know, you're dealing with a fucking motherfucker that, like, you know, you may just want to just, man, just lay into this motherfucker. I may even put hands on the motherfucker, you know what I mean? But, you know, you got to have some tact. Uh, but, you know, it's balance, man. It's balance. Um, so. Nice, nice. I can live with that. So, yo, we just celebrated Juneteenth. And um, I'm not going to front. I didn't know what that shit was until the NFL decided to make it a holiday. So, with that said, I'm glad they decided to make it a holiday because they taught me. It's not that I wouldn't have found out in the next two or three days based on the trajectory of the world, but um, at least I could say that they taught me some shit about that. Well, it's kind of funny because that's something I actually, like, learned about years ago back, maybe, maybe like, in maybe at some point in high school, maybe some point, like, early in college, but I learned about it. Uh, the only thing about it, I guess, is weird seeing it become actual – uh, actual corporate holiday, you know, what I mean? <laughs> in a sense, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't, I don't know how I necessarily feel about that because, you know, when it comes to Juneteenth, you know, I don't know if we necessarily need another holiday, man. I niggas want change. So, I mean, if that, if that holiday is like indicative of more change to come and things like that, that's going to be pretty nice. Uh, but a day off of work is nice, but, you know, just giving niggas days off, you know, and, and, and food, uh, that's, that's cool, and that's cool, you know, on the exterior. If you're trying to placate me, but you know what I mean. I'm not. I don't think I'll necessarily be satisfied until uh, you know we have a real change. But then again, I will say, on that Isn't day, there's a lot and manifestation of real change. It is in, in essence because I think it gives people. I guess having that extra day off, I guess it, it puts you in a position to where, and I, I like what everybody was doing on Friday. Is, All right, well, let know, me say let me say this. I don't work at a corporation, and I don't have a day off based on that shit. So the impact that it had on my life not, is not why, necessarily why, that. Yeah, yeah but, more, I mean. To me, it was more like, to me, it was more like, it was supposed to be like a counter to July 4th because America has been recognizing July 4th as their day of independence forever okay. and ever. And um, I don't know if you ever read, like, uh, Frederick Douglass's uh, thing that he wrote about July 4th. Yeah, how, a slave, how a slave feels when he hears, you know, when about yeah. independence day or something like that, yeah. How, he basically just feels like it's a fucking sham. All of that shit is a sham. So, to me, if I wanted to be optimistic about it, I could say that this is uh, America's acknowledgement that it's a fucking sham. At least to an extent. At least for some people. So, it's like, like yeah, we, yeah, I can see why y'all niggas look at it this way. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of see see that see it that way in a sense, but I guess. All right, first off, well, I, I guess some states and some cities are actually making it like a, an actual holiday. Uh, mm -hmm. You got like a lot of big companies that are giving you know people days off and shit like that. I think even Elon Musk said, "Yeah, man, you can you can use it as you could yeah you can sell, use it as it's a holiday. It's a recognized holiday, but uh, you still have to uh, use a PTO to actually get the day off and shit." But uh. <laughs> yeah. But I guess, you know, in in that instance, I guess that's probably a thing. I mean, I guess a few years from now, we may actually see it in the calendars. Uh, that'd be nice. But I like what everybody did on Fridays because for the people that did get a day off, I mean, I know I didn't. <laughs> I didn't even get a happy Juneteenth. Uh, I actually got a bad joke about it on uh, Friday. Uh, I sent you a happy Juneteenth. I spoke to you that day. No, nah, I mean, I'm talking about, like, you know, from my work situation. So, you know what I mean? So, I don't think they even acknowledge it was a holiday. So, the person that did acknowledge it was a holiday, uh, 
<laughs> he had a bad joke where he's like, yeah, man, the only reason that, you know, he's like, as you know, like uh, Donald Trump just said that the only reason why we're celebrating Juneteenth is because, you know, I mean, he made a point of it and shit like that. So, but. Well, uh, that's what I'm saying right there is the fact that it's a discussion now and it wasn't a discussion before. And I'm a 33 year old man and I ain't no shit about it until three days ago. So yeah, I'm happy. That's, that's that. bad. That's, that's bad. fucking, that's bad. that is what's necessary. The discussion, the development of the information, the cultivation of the motherfucking solutions. And that can't yeah. happen without the recognition of the history. So yeah. I, I do think this is a big step in the right direction. No, I don't think that it's, I'm, I'm not taking it as more significant than it is. I just think it's an example of some of the successes that we've been having. Yeah. And I guess what I like, I like everybody's use of that data. Uh, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Kind of using it kind of just to get out, gather we're gonna more. Take a, I'm going to take a walk share, and fucking share and reflect on all of these niggas who was allowed to take a walk that day. <laughs> um, uh, and the niggas actually but, found out that they could take a walk that day. You know what I mean? So. Oh, shit, I could take a walk. But the thing is, I do want to mention, a lot of people don't recognize and understand that like 90% of the slaves, especially the ones that, the freed slaves, that, that especially the ones who didn't have like real close family up north that they could depend on, um, them niggas ended up having to become sharecroppers and go right back to the slave owners that they belonged to. Uh, well, they, well, they call they call that the, just they, for housing. Well, they call that yeah, because like when I was in college, you know, I had a professor. He kind of described those times. They had like slavery and shit like that. And after that, they had recon they had reconstruction. And after reconstruction, that was blended with a part called the nadir. And the nadir, they said, is actually like the low point in uh in history for for like you know a particular race of people and shit like that. So that's the thing. So like we're ce- we're celebrating that freedom, but. I mean, honestly, but we're not celebrating, but, you know, we're not, it's still not a huge acknowledgement of, like you said, the sharecroppers, the Jim Crow and shit like that. Honestly, like, which I think, you know, is actually more damaging, man, to black people than, than fucking slavery itself, man. <laughs> well, like, oh, well, you can't really say that because obviously it's a result of slavery itself. You had to have slavery yeah. itself for that to become a thing. Yeah. But, 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 but I feel like at the, the same the time, gas, that's like the saying, gaslighting, that's like, like, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah, I but, that's like, like, but that's like saying you don't agree with America recognizing Martin Luther King's birthday as a holiday because they killed him right after that or before that or whatever. They killed him. <laughs> exactly. So like, yeah, y'all recognize it. Y'all call him a hero and kill him. Yeah, I get it. But at the same time, let's have... Let's have I, 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 you know, I, I know. I mean, glass, glass half full. Glass half full. You know what I mean? I, I, I fuck with it. You know not, what I mean? Not like even I said, like glass half full. Just more so like, all right, let's take this 10%. Let's keep working. Yeah. You know? And I... Like I said, like, that's what I'm happy about. Like, on Friday, I saw, like, especially, like, online and social media, which is sharing information, uh, and not even just, like, information about Juneteenth, but just sharing information, like, hey, yo, listen, man, I'm a fucking black, you know what I mean? I'm a fucking philanthropist, yo. I'm giving money to motherfuckers this day to give me a business idea. Oh, you don't have a business idea? Yo, here's some niggas that can actually help you formulate some business ideas or some shit like that. Or some, you know, I think just, like, any data where you can go out there and just share information and kind of just flood the internet with just positivity and just like useful information to help black people and shit like that. That's just amazing. Um, well, you know, Nina Simone said that an artist's duty is to reflect the times. Yeah. Well, speaking so, of that, uh, yeah. did you, did you hear about a uh, J Cole's track and shit like that? Did I hear about it? I thought I sent it to you. I ain't sent it to you. Oh, you did? I thought I did. Yeah. Oh yeah. Actually, the block? I know I did. I, I'm, I'm okay, positive yeah, yeah. I did. Cause I was just looking through our conversation today for media and shit. Yeah. I'll send that yeah. to you the day it came out. Okay, so uh, it was a good song. I liked it. it was a gr- I mean, it, it definitely reflected the times, but it's funny because I felt like he was like taking shit 
on social media because of it. Because I felt like he was being really honest, man. He was literally saying he, that. He decided like, Yo, to be vulnerable, and it came back to bite him in the ass. That's life. <laughs> That's literally <laughs> life, bro. Like, you put, your, you put your guard down, the nigga's going to attack. That's what happens. That's always what happens. So, no, I don't feel sorry for that nigga. I'm happy he did it. He should be happy he did it, too. Yeah. I guess, like, you know, you got to live with the results, man. You get it some days, yeah. some days you don't. You know what I mean? Sometimes you eat the bear, sometimes the bear eats you. Exactly. Um, you want to be a hero, right, nigga? <laughs> you want to be a hero, right? Um, so, like, uh, I was reading this uh, WB, the uh, Boys first Booker T debate. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found out that a nigga wrote a poem about it. First off, it was eye-opening to know that these niggas had beef because I read both of these boys when I was a uh, both of these men when I was a boy. And, oh yeah, uh, I respected them both on different levels. Um, but if if y'all niggas don't know, read W. B. Du Bois' Souls of Black Folks. Um, yeah. But most well, basically, most, more, most real shit that he said on there was the the problem of the twenty first the twentieth century. He said racism or the color, issue of color is the problem of the twentieth century. And then, you know, we're still in the 21st century dealing with this shit. <laughs> yeah. So, yep. but not, honestly, man, the, the, first, the first chapter of that book, man, it kind of bring you to your knees for real, man. So. Well, he, it's self-identifying, you know? So yeah. it's like, it's like, oh, shit. I'm not, like, first thing I think when I uh, read the author's words is, you not me. <laughs> I always start off with that assumption, right? You not me, bro. Like, I don't give a fuck what you say. You not me. About maybe what, 12, 13 pages into that book? I was like, yeah, this nigga me. This nigga me, for real, for real, for real. So about double consciousness and shit like that, man, it's just like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. And it's something that we all have been raised with and we all go through, but he put a word on it and, and identified it and acknowledged it. So I was like, damn, that shit real. I ain't know it was real until he said it was real. Uh, anyway, let me read this poem real quick. This is, this is a poem that basically summed up the Booker T. W.E.B., Mm -hmm. Uh, It seems to me, said Booker T, it shows a mighty lot of cheek to study chemistry and Greek when Mr. Charlie needs a hand to hoe the cotton on his land. And when Miss Ann looks for a cook, why stick your nose inside of a book? I don't agree, said W.E.B. If I should have to drive to seek knowledge of chemistry or Greek, I'll do it. Charles and Miss can look another place for hand or cook. Some men rejoice in skill of hand and some in cultivating land, but there are others who maintain the right to cultivate the brain. It seems to me, said Booker T, that all you folks have missed the boat who shout about the right to vote and spend vain days and sleepless nights and uproar over civil rights. Just keep your mouths shut, do not grouse, but work and save and buy a house. I don't agree, said W.E.B., for what can property avail if dignity and justice fail? Unless you help to make the laws, they'll steal your house with a trumped up clause, a a ropes as tight, a fire as hot, no matter how much cash you've got. Speak soft and try your little plan. But as for me, I'm gonna be a man. Hmm. Booker T. S. and Barca. <laughs> nah. Who wrote, the, who, wrote this po- who wrote this poem? Uh, this was by Dudley Randall. 
okay. watch the whole debate basically, and then drop the poem the next day. Yeah, I mean, but that's pretty probably much some of their arguments. That's pretty much what it is. I mean, because those two were like the main thought leaders at that time. Uh, I mean, at WB was more. Yeah, because I mean, because obviously. Uh, well, it's funny. I was thinking, like, man, just asking Levity, man, it was, it was light skinned nigga versus dark skinned nigga, man. You know what I mean? House nigga versus field nigga. <laughs> it was a nigga but, who thought that. It was a nigga who thought that finance would save him versus a nigga who thought that policies would save him. Let's go. Yeah. Ahead with it. Well, I mean, I, I mean, that's really what it is, though, right? Because, uh, you know, WB Du Bois, his main thing is that, like, listen, man, we need to actually, like, you know reinforce our intellectual base and just take care of ourselves policy wise, make sure legally we have the framework and everything set up. So at least that way, you know, we can even think about getting everything together, but you know, but Booker T, his position was more or less that uh, we need to actually be investing in industry. You know what I mean? We need to actually like, you know, secure our, you know what I mean? Secure the bag. You know what I mean? Yeah. We uh, need to get this you know I mean? so we can you know have some I mean? power. Exactly. You know, See, you know what I mean? See, you know what I mean? Like, you know, obviously there's a huge need for what we do. We just need to actually, you know, just monetize what we can do. You know, we were working so hard before, so let's just get paid for that work. Let's just reinvest that money back into ourselves and shit like that. Uh, so I guess that's the big thing because Booker T, I mean, a lot of people saw him as the guy who would actually compromise uh, with, you know, the powers that be in order to be able to actually carve out uh, a living, you know, so to speak. Uh, but you know, within those times, like WB the boy says, just say, Hey man, listen, bro, this, this deck is already stacked, man. You know what I mean? I guess this, you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? The, the fix is already in, man. You know what I mean? We need to actually fix this shit first. Uh, both of them are actually true. I mean, both of them are I, right. I, I, I mean, would even argue to say that neither one of them can work without another. Exactly. You know, and I think, I think that's always important. Yeah, exactly. I mean, kind of like, you know, we look at years later, you know what I mean? Malcolm versus Martin and shit like that. You know what I mean? It wasn't even Malcolm versus Martin. It was just Malcolm and Martin. You know what I mean? Yeah, it even was like, Malcolm's you know, like, method versus Martin's method. And exactly. even Malcolm came back later and said, yeah, I was fucking up. We shouldn't have been going at each other. We should have been working together. Like, I should have respected how he handled his shit and then continued to handle my shit how I handle my shit. That's yeah. it. But But um, then again, I mean, you know, but even Martin even said that, you know, Listen, man, you know, while I practice nonviolence, I tell people to practice nonviolence. If all black people decide <laughs> to be nonviolent, I'm going to tell niggas, yeah. nah, this ain't the way to go. Oh, you this know ain't the so, way, yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? So, I mean, at the end of the day, I think, like, you know, you have to actually work every angle. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, I think, and I think that's a weird thing because when you look at the situation that we're at now, uh, we're working every angle. I guess the question is, and I was having a discussion with somebody about this, like with Black Lives Matter is like leadership. You know what I mean? Well, I was actually having this discussion earlier today, right? And these, these were some old heads and shit like that. And they're just saying like, yo, man, it's crazy because like, you know, like, you know, these young, these young guys out here, man, are doing this shit, man. Like they literally set the world on fire. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like these motherfuckers is out here in the streets and shit like that. Like, yo, they're actually like really getting major attention done to it. The only thing is, mm -hmm. I guess, is like, you know, what's the plan? And the question is leadership. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. you, know, you kind of see like the old school leadership from like you know the late the late seventies, eighties, nineties and shit trying to slide in. But it's kind of oh, like where it's just like Sharptons and, and Kings. These Jacksons, yeah, Jacksons and Sharptons and Kings, bro. These niggas like, ain't nah. shit, bro. These niggas really ain't shit, my nigga. Yeah, I was like, I was like, nah, y'all took the check, man. You, you can't decide to kind of slide in now. You know what I mean? Like you know, they, 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 you okay. got you've been bought, dog. Y'all should have been here on day one talking all some shit. And y'all, no, no, fuck, yo. I'm so disappointed by those people, bro. <laughs> like, I really am so disappointed by those people because you know who I look up to now? Like, just to transition into this shit. I look up to Bairi, bro. That's Bairi. what all this is about. That's why I read this, for Bairi. Yeah, for <laughs> Bairi Urban, bro. 
That's why I read this fucking this poem because niggas is going at each other and niggas is disagreeing. But niggas' power is in unity, literally. The power is in the unity. Yeah. So it's not that I need you to do what I do. I need you to not fire shots at me for doing it my way. Yeah. That's I think, all. I think I think that's the that's the bad thing that kind of came. Well, I guess all the shit that's kind of coming about with like Kyrie doing his stuff around, right? You know, what, what with I mean? the Kendrick Perkins shit. This nigga was well, crying on ESPN the other day. I talking mean, about yeah. my wife still gonna make you them cornbread <laughs> muffins if you come over. My kids like, man. take your hand, KD, if you come over. They gonna call you <laughs> uncle still. <laughs> and then his whole shit, he's saying, you know, he's talking about what he deals with. He's like, man, I might be a millionaire. Like, yeah, but... I'm the only, he said, I'm the only black family in this million dollar establishment that I live in. And I was like, that's your dumbass fault for getting money and choosing to live around. A whole bunch <laughs> of people who hate your big black ass. That's your fucking fault. You should feel unsafe in that place. I know I would. <laughs> I mean, as he says, he does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, he, can't even leave. he said, when I drop my kids off at practice, I can't even leave because he the <laughs> only black one. It might be him and another black one out there, and they the only two. And I'm not leaving them with nobody out there to look out for them, specifically for them. But, like, I mean, and I guess we'll kind of get to this point later, though. And he said, like, you know, there was actually a young black kid hung around where he lives and shit like that, too. So uh, he, that's something yeah, to kind of get on to. That, that was in L.A., so yeah. that was about that's that's three niggas now. I don't heard hung in L.A., but as far as niggas hung I mean, all around the country, like, I don't heard like, about twenty niggas hung. Yeah, exactly. So that's it's just that's just getting crazy. But uh, but back on the Kyrie though, not I, I do feel like niggas could have had a better way of disagreeing with. It. I feel like for the niggas, most part, niggas said that he was a bird brain. Niggas said that he had <laughs> half a bird brain. If you put a bird brain in his head, he would fly backwards or some stupid shit like that. That was a complete insult to that man's intelligence and his motivation. Right. Yeah. Even Matt Barnes, who I fuck with, Matt Barnes was like, "Man, Kyrie, man, all that shit." For I heard that you was trying to go and support your team, and then you found out that they wasn't gonna let you in the bubble because you're not playing. So you went through all of this shit just to try to, you know what I'm saying? Talking about, oh, I'll give up everything I got. Like that's firing shots, bro. That's attacking people's motivations, bro. That shit is not cool. You can attack. You can attack people. You can attack people's actions. But if you attack people's motivations, you have absolutely no grounds to argue because you don't know what drives a person. You don't know what made them come to that conclusion. You don't know what's pushing them. So I think it's really unfair. And I, it does upset me to see that type of division. Not just division, but insulting division. Like, like if, if Martin Luther King would have been like, man, I don't know what's going on with them niggas out in Chicago, but I ain't with none of that shit. Oh, what's that, go? But, uh, damn, <laughs> we'll get back to here. Uh, nah, but I think, uh, I thought, I thought that niggas wasn't going in. Niggas was just in their own interest of building up their own personal brand when they came out talking shit about Kyrie. They wasn't talking about, they wasn't trying to get more organized or come to more solutions. They was just trying to spill the dish, dish to, uh, the, the tea or whatever the fuck niggas say. Well, they, they, well, they were just trying to keep the, man, honestly, they were just trying to keep this shit going. But I mean, I, think, I feel like niggas were trying to dish the tea because I heard, well, niggas was just saying that he switched up what he was thinking, I guess, prior to, you know, deciding to go down and being told that he couldn't go. So he decided that he wanted to protest afterwards. Exactly. Uh, I mean, I don't know if that's necessarily, I mean, granted, nobody will know the truth other, other than him, right? Uh, but then again, but I guess, you know, I, I wish niggas would have took the high road and as opposed to just attacking his motivation, just like, you know, just had a conversation. But I guess like a lot of people, like, you know, even Stephen A says like, hey, man, 
you know, like, listen, dog, I understand where you're coming from, but hey, listen, man, you know, one way we see this is, hey, I mean, we got to actually bring money in and we can actually use this platform while we're here. You know what I mean? And also, life is going to continue after this. So if you make the stand now, I guess the only issue being that if you make the stand now, the CBA goes out the window. But then again, oh, you know, niggas miss Nigga, if we strike now, we in power. Like, ain't no CBA going out the window because that's one of the things we're going to be fighting for, too. You're not going to fucking make us pay next year over the shit we doing this year. Yeah. If you protest them, then you have the power. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's the thing. I guess at that point, niggas had to be willing to start their own league. No, it's not necessarily that. It's not necessarily that. You don't got to be willing to start your own league. What it literally is is... Are they going to find 500 superstars overnight to replace every single one of y'all niggas? No, they can't play without y'all. That's how it go. They just can't play without y'all. If y'all unified, they can't play without y'all. So y'all have every piece of power you want. And as far as advertising dollars and all of that other shit, they can't do anything without y'all. Nothing. They can only air old reruns without y'all. That's it. As you can so, see now. Yeah, so I don't know, man. I I think it's, uh, like I said, I can't necessarily judge people's motivations because I would be just as wrong as the people that uh, that I'm condemning. <laughs> well, well, quick question, though. Do you, do you think there's not enough niggas that would be strike-breaking for the NBA? No, you only need I think if, uh, I think if the right 10 niggas decide to strike, then it's, it's done. Yeah, so I guess all so – you, so you think it's uh, a lot more – Just uh, like what P-Bev said. Like, like, yeah, like, yeah, like, we're going to play, yeah. we're going to play. Stay woke. Exactly. So I guess that's, that's the big thing there, right? Like, you know, who actually carries the influence and shit like that? Do enough niggas yeah. that want to ball be on the, on the street, you know, want to actually go against the movement? But I guess right now, nah, because at this point, you know, consumerism's done at this point. So all that matters is man, fuck my fucking life, my, my rights and shit like that, right? Because I, I can't even spend any money if I want to spend money and shit like that, right? <laughs> and, I'm going to do. Go ride across right. town and come back home. So, and I already got niggas looking at me funny because I'm wearing a mask in there. Not only because niggas looking at me funny because I'm black and what's going on right now. So, <laughs> niggas just looking at me funny all types of ways. So, do I even really, really want to give these niggas my money? You know? So, yeah, but. It's, 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 uh, go ahead. I mean, I, 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 I can definitely see that. Uh, I guess that's the thing. Like, my position on it, like you said, like, 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 I've, like I've said before, man. Uh, I'm pretty selfish. I do want to see more basketball, but I feel like there's an opportunity if the NBA comes out first to be the only niggas, the first and only sport out first uh, to actually be able to actually have the eye of the nation because it's only the, the only fucking, you know, sport that's available. You know what I mean? Like wh whoever gets out there first is going to definitely like going to pretty much command the future of sports going forward. Uh, I mean, I, I know Racist football people. still be king. Racist people will still watch a predominantly black sport, so that means that racist people will. But you know, but, but that's the thing. But you those I can't breathe. All of those I can't breathe demonstrations and all of the fucking uh, memorials that they do before, after, and even during halftime of games and all of that shit. They're gonna ignore that shit just as easily as they ignore the fact that your skin is well, not ignore it, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't give a fuck about that. That shit ain't gonna raise no awareness. It's not. It's not. That's not going to change. But you're not going to change. Gonna, but, you're not gonna change but you're not going to change a racist person's mind at all. It's not, I mean? I'm like, not. I'm not saying like, change a racist. I'm not saying change a racist person's mind. I'm saying burn more shit down 
to strike fear in their fucking hearts. That's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, but, but that's the thing. I feel like that's why, like, and, and that's why you see the big backlash, and that's the main reason why Donald Trump's there, right? Because, like, these, these perceptions in the media are actually being destroyed. You know what I mean? Like, people are pissed off that the media is actually supporting black people at this time. You know what I mean? I feel like, and I think the guys that actually have decisions that can make decisions are actually more influenced by decisions than the people in the media. Like, look at all these Hollywood stars, you know what I mean, making these videos pretty much just saying, I take responsibility. I take responsibility. I'm going to do my part and shit like that. You know what I mean? Like, every fucking, like, you know, B and C list actor actually put out a fucking video taking responsibility for racism this week. You know what I mean? My nigga Max Kellerman, my nigga Max (laughs) Kellerman had the quote of the week. He said, Drew Brees going to sound like Marcus Garvey for the rest of this year. (laughs) So, but but that's the big thing, right? Like, you're not going to change those person's mind, but, I mean, you're influenced to actually – emphasize change i guess on a on a structural level you know what i mean so i think that that's the big thing uh i guess you know withholding sports until change gets made on a structural level i mean as a basketball player it's only really so much like unless unless the nba does it itself you force the build like you force these owners to actually go and like flex their muscles to do this shit and you make concessions you get them to make concessions like yo you guys that's got what I'm saying. And there's more likely. That's what I'm saying. And there's there's way more likely of a chance to get them to do that by protesting than there is by playing. That's the thing. You got a lot of business guys, businessmen here, though. So if they, so I feel that's like that's why they only I mean, gonna respond if you threaten a business. But I, f- I feel like, like I said, I so I guess it's the Booker T way of looking at it, right? So. If you actually show them that there's more money and there's more, there's more, you know, it's more lucrative. It's better for them in the long run to actually support black people and support these people and support this market and this segment of the country. That's they not how they do it because they, they, no, that's not how, no, because they, they're already, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Obscenely wealthy. They're all billionaires. The brokest person who owns an NBA team is worth $4 billion, bro. So, but that's to the thing. So, tell them, to so, sit here and so, say, okay. to sit here and say, there's so much more money you could be making. Don't you want to make it? Why don't you compromise some of your value so you can make some more of this money? That sounds a whole lot less logical than, nigga, you're going to have to respect me if you want some of this money. You want this money, you're going to have to respect me. So even if you feign that respect to my fucking face, nigga, this is how you need to be. But that's the thing. I mean, so are you, are you, are you proving it to the owners? Because I, I feel like the I see most of the owners most, most yeah, people but, but, don't believe I, I, that, but the league is the owners. So, but I, yes. but I feel like most I feel like most of the owners respect the players, at least in the NBA, uh, NFL. That's a whole other story. <laughs> so I don't feel like you have any basis to believe that. I don't have any basis to believe that. I feel like you don't. You can tell me if I'm wrong. I mean, you are wrong. <laughs> okay. But I feel like just the NBA as a sport itself. Uh, you I mean, think that these granted, super, you think that these super elite billionaires, just because they own teams full of black people, that they care more? Because honestly, 77% of black people also occupy the NFL. I mean, but the NFL is a way different type of sport. I mean, it's a way different culture, an insanely different culture. Uh, not in Oklahoma. Same fucking basketball fans, football fans, Kansas, Nebraska. They all, they all give a fuck about the same, like, them niggas is all the same white people to me. I don't know what you mean. I mean, but that's the thing. But the guys that actually run the team, like you got a guy like, you know, like 
Sam Presti, the GM, and these guys that actually work there, right? Uh, okay. I forget the guy who uh, who actually owns uh, the OKC and shit like that. But he, he was a former executive at Microsoft and shit like that. So uh, okay, easy so to assume that he's black people. I'm a, I'm a, it's easy to assume that he's more liberal just because of you know what I mean what he is and shit like that. I don't assume but, any billionaire is liberal. I mean, at least well, I mean, but but but, like but, but but in a sense, but I think they actually had, like you know. I feel like the NBA is one of the few sports to where, as a player, you actually have the owner's ear a little bit more. Uh, well, actually, a lot more, right? Because, you know, it's only really – because if you well, ain't in there, for real, ain't nobody, is, nobody else is there. For real, for real, baseball is shitting on the NBA as far as uh, how many more rights that they have and how much more power is given to the uh, the union because they have a fucking union. So they, they, flex and, they flex all the authority in that relationship. Baseball. Baseball. Um, uh, well, they about to lose that shit now, but we'll see how that shit turns out for them like next year. <laughs> but but but, but now nah, I, I will say they actually made the more uh, the most lucrative deal like in baseball. But look how long it took them to get there in baseball and shit like that, you know? Uh, yeah, but I mean, baseball is also like just kind of is just more of a racist sport, I guess you could say, just in yeah. the sense that you know it's mostly occupied by like elite whites and uh, Dominican uh, imports. But as far as the NBA goes. I think that all of that NBA care shit is marketing, and I think that uh, trying to get to trying to get to black people's ears is recruiting, and all of that is affecting the bottom line in dollars. I don't think that just because they they got more black people standing around them, they actually care more about black people. I don't think. I don't that. think that. But that's the thing. But I think with the NBA whole NBA cares thing, I don't think. All right. I mean, we talked about this though. So you think that players should actually have to participate in NBA cares? Why are we Why are we trying to make players do things? We talking about owners right now. Uh, but that's the thing. I mean, we talking about like. In, okay. Well. All right. We'll get back to that. The players, because the player, because if the players want to protest for something, and the players want to want to uh, make a point of pushing for something, then the players have every right to do that already. But yeah. we're talking about the players forcing the hands of the owners. I mean, but that's the thing. So, all right. I guess that's the question. So, what do you expect the owners to do? What do I expect the owners to do? I mean, what would, what, I hope, what would I hope that the owners would do? I would hope that the owners would, like, wholeheartedly believe in and fucking financially and fully support and back the progression of this movement, which is only asking for some semblance of equality in this country. So what do I think that looks like over the next 10 years? Do you think the owners do you think the owners should, like, Force their political muscle to make shit happen, because yeah, I mean, absolutely. The, Half of the motherfuckers is lobbyists, bro. So, I guess but I, think, I, I think that if you but, really care about something, then you use what you got to affect it. If you so, if you if you don't care about something, then you give money to it. You give if, so, as a rich person, I mean. So, but half the money to it comes and goes to the players as well, too. So, what you mean? I was just—I'm well, not talking about anything specific. I was just talking about the idea of a, a rich person giving to a charity as opposed to actually giving a fuck and doing something about something. That's all yeah. I was saying. Like I was—I was saying like I, I really—I give—I give Kim Kardashian a little bit more credit for actually sitting down with these people and talking to these people and doing her research and actually going out and interacting and making moves rather than just saying, "Oh well, let me just give three million dollars to prison reform." There's a huge difference in there. Yeah, because her influence is worth way more than three million dollars. That's the thing. So I mean, so I guess we're calling more for for an expansion of NBA cares to more black black issues. 
I don't think NBA cares really is going to be able to encapsulate all of this shit right here. I think that, I think that uh, NBA cares is like an initiative for the youth and for recruiting. And it's really just an awareness campaign. I think that it really is. Cause if you look at reasons why people go to the hood and feed the kids is so that they can put their little t-shirts on the kids. And so they could get a little kids, little merchandise that'll remind the kids to come here when you get bigger fucking so I don't care for none of that shit that shit don't make that shit don't mean nothing to me what actually matters to me is for an owner to say hey I don't own this team for 15 20 years I ain't y'all niggas ain't never seen my face but guess what right now we fighting we fighting B here's what I'm doing right like everybody's front line is different me and your front line is this <laughs> I, think I think that's a lot to last their front line, to their front line might for an owner I think that's a lot to ask I, I, Bro, think, I think support, fucking, support. Fucking, first off, first off, we're asking for that from every human being, my nigga. We're yeah. asking for that from every non-racist. We said in the beginning of this, and I say we as the, this whole movement, we said in the beginning of this, this is not black versus white. This is racist versus everybody else. So if I'm trying to appeal to a person, an individual, a human being for these values, fuck, why would you sit here and disqual- dis- disqualify their humanhood by calling them an owner? I call them an owner? Yeah, like you just said, I wouldn't expect that of an owner. Nigga, we expect that of every human being right now. What do you mean? That's what the whole I protest mean, is for. I, all right, I guess, and I think, so, so, so I guess a, a, a Why verbal statement is one thing. With more power and more influence. Why expect less from a person with more? So we want them to exert their influence then. I guess that's the main thing. So be, be, that, be that, be that financial, be that financial or political influence, I guess, or just, just whatever you have. Like just, I said, everybody's just, just front support. line is different. Everybody's so. front line is different, nigga. I might be able to sign a petition. I might be able to go out there and talk to some people. I might be able to talk on my platform. I might be able to share some shit on my fucking social media. You know what I mean? Like everybody's front lines is different. This motherfucking billionaire NBA dude, or he, yeah, he might be able to just go tap Trump on the shoulder and be like, "Look, nigga, we getting together. You gotta be careful." You know so, what what, so what? So like scholarships for like local kids black kids to go to college and shit like that would that be some shit that work or it's too small man it's a lot small just that it's a lot more than just that it's it's so much more than just that like a kid has to survive to get to college exactly a kid has to survive in a fucking in a poverty-stricken one-parent household in the hood to even get to college and they have to avoid all of the fucking rigors and the boy not the rigors avoid all the bullshit that comes between the ages of fucking 10 to 15. And then after that, they got to avoid all the bullshit that comes between the ages of 15 to 20. And then after that, they got to actually stay alive because cops is killing niggas out here. So for real, for real, college scholarships, that's a real small step. So we, need small them to actually step. Mo- 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 so we need them to actually mobilize all the resources they have to actually help in the movement. Like I said, man, I just want a nigga to care. If a nigga cares, then the nigga <laughs> use what he has to use. If a nigga doesn't care, then he's gonna give money to charity and say, "I gave money to charity." That's it. Yeah, that's all. Okay, so you I just like I said, something. I ain't got no fucking plan. I ain't the guy. <laughs> I'm just saying that one looks better to me than the other. I, the I other did. looks a way less effective. So, uh, so I think I agree with Kanye. Uh, Ky- I was gonna say, let's say Kanye, Kyrie. Yeah. Oh. Uh, well, Ky- Kyrie, Kyrie in the sense that Kyrie in the sense to where you know at least fame that he's, he's will willing play. to give everything. <laughs> Yeah, but but I think and that's even the if thing. you don't believe that, Sorry, so I, yeah, so I so I think that's the thing. I think at least niggas need to at least be on the side to feign that niggas is gonna actually not play just to, just to extract whatever concessions they can from niggas. 
So I think that there's a big difference between being willing to give everything and being willing to give the minimum. And I think that all these white people out here right now are getting a whole lot of credit for giving the minimum. I am trying to say that we should require more than the minimum. I don't think that we should require everything. I don't want you to paint your skin black and come live with me. I just want you to do more than the minimum. That's all I'm saying. But, I mean, I guess that's hard, though, because the minimum, man, <laughs> the minimum you may you may ask from a racist motherfucker is just to shut, shut the fuck up about it and just, just, you know what I mean, keep cool. I'm not asking for the minimum, nigga. I just told you I'm asking for more than yeah. the minimum. So, so you, you're asking niggas to change. Uh, I don't know. I'm asking niggas to change, bro. You nah, don't nigga, niggas, to... niggas, nah, niggas have to change their heart, bro. <laughs> like, that's the thing. Like, we're, we're asking for help to actually change the hearts of all these people out here, man. That's really that's really what it is, man. Cause the, you know, no, like, well, that, like, that's not possible. I don't expect nobody to change their fucking heart. I just expect people to change their fucking actions. That's what I expect. Like I said, I can't judge people's intentions. I can only judge their actions. And I don't want their actions to hurt me. You feel however the fuck you want to feel. You say whatever the fuck you want to say. But please, just don't let your actions keep hurting me. That's all. Like, like for instance, shit I disrespect this week. Should I disrespect the social media anonymity? Uh-huh. Only because most of these racists that I'm seeing in these comments to these sites, they would never share these viewpoints publicly. They would yeah. never stand by none of this shit. They would never even like think to say these things if their face was attached to it or their name or their reputation. So I really disrespect that shit. That's some pussy ass shit. Um, so with that said, if a person feels the way that they feel and they want to exercise that feeling and they want to say, look, I'm racist. I believe that America was built up on black people because white people are better than black people. And I don't think that y'all are actually people. I think that y'all shouldn't have rights. And I think that you should continue to just belong to us and keep working for our prosperity. That's what I believe in. However, in order for me to keep making the money that I'm making and live my life comfortably, I'm going to do this for y'all niggas. So y'all shut the fuck up. <laughs> or I'm gonna do this for y'all niggas so y'all just won't become more of a problem. And that's why I'm saying a, a protest, a protest is me acknowledging you don't agree with me. But guess what? I'm gonna exercise my power so you don't have a fucking choice. Fucking that that going to the league and playing and then saying, let's work together in concert with the league to bring more awareness about the issue. The fuck awareness is not the situation right now. Awareness is not the problem. The problem is action. Yeah, but, but 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 I mean, but the thing is, with action, I mean, would be it what legislation, more investments in the hood and shit like that. You keep asking that, me for specifics. I mean, but I, I think that's the big issue, right? Because, and that's all that that's my whole, my I don't know. I guess that that's the under underlying theme of everything that's going on right now, right? Niggas want defunding the police. Uh, niggas want investment in communities and shit like that. I think like, you know, there's not necessarily like a, a clear cut idea of what niggas really want out of this situation. Okay, so we all have two choices. We can either so, shoot niggas down for not having a plan, or we could try to help niggas develop a plan, or we can be patient and actually see what happens, see how this shit plays out. That's three choices actually. So which one are you gonna do? Uh, I'm more with help, helping with the plan and being patient. So, because the thing is, just seeing how it plays out, right? Niggas just acting and focusing on, you know what I mean, on change and shit like that. Like, 
it just lends itself to actually getting hijacked at a certain point. You know what I mean? So, and I think at this point, you know what I mean? Like if, if the shit just kind of just carries on, I feel like, you know, I, this shit has happened before, right? You know, many times in history, right? Uh, serve our wars and wars and fucking in, in, in Rome and shit like that. Uh, okay. You know, granted, I mean, like, you know, we've had the civil acts, civil rights act and shit like that, but you know, has, this like has never three. happened before. Huh? Not to say that this is, this hasn't happened before. Every situation is slightly different. You know slightly I mean? different. Slightly, slightly yeah, different. I mean, but there's been but, there's been many there's been many revolutions. This is not a revolution. So, but I guess that's the main thing, right? Because we can't we haven't really had a full revolution because this isn't right, even so we, an uprising, my nigga. <laughs> well, not yet. Well, sort of. Let no, the media no. tell it and shit like that. So no, you let the media tell it. It's just riots. It's just yeah. fucking un, un, undirected, unfocused rioting. That's all the media is saying. But I'm just saying that this hasn't even reached the level of an uprising yet. That's so, all. So I think it has to so it has to get to, to that point, I guess. That's the big thing. Because you know, we've had changes, we had legislation before, but we've always seen that a few years later it was back to, you know, your regularly scheduled bullshit. So man, I understand that like, you know, not progress even a few years later, isn't... throughout the whole time. Throughout the whole time, the same establishments and the same fucking elites remained unmoved. And we allowed them to. So, I mean, but that's the thing. Do you do we do we really have as much power over them as we think? In we, in, in this moment, we, in this moment, we not not necessarily just. I we, think that I think that the NBA sense. players have that power over the team owners. I do. But the thing is, owners I have that power. The, go ahead. None of these owners are rich from the NBA teams. A few, got, a few of them got a few of them got the NBA teams, but none, I'm aware I mean, of that. But I also know that a billionaire don't want no trouble. Yeah, I mean, a, not want a, no yeah, extra a, trouble. Yeah, I mean, so, an unknown billionaire doesn't want to be known as a racist, especially if you own a team. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah, but even on top of that, like if you, even on top of that, like if you if you if you're living comfortably, this amount of discomfort is not worth it for you. Yeah. So you'll pay but, to make that shit not a thing. Cause I, cause I can imagine with Donald Sterling, like nobody knew who Donald Sterling was until those tapes came out. That's not true. Everybody knew who the fuck he was. I mean, just but that once the tapes came out, once the tapes came out, they were forced to action because why? Because the players didn't play, nigga. But niggas didn't even miss a game. But but, but no, I'm not talking about within the. But yeah, I'm not talking about within the NBA, nigga. I'm talking about. Did you know who Donald Sterling was before that? He said that shit. Oh hell no. All right. See. No, not at all. <laughs> That's the no, thing. Most right. bu- yeah, most most billionaires live in anonymity. You know what I mean? So. You know, like, so to be a billionaire, to own a team, and for your name that's to actually like really, come that's out like really, That's like relative anonymity, though, because this nigga was still in the room with all the movers and shakers, and he was still friends with all the big motherfuckers that you do know. So you yeah, can't really but, say, you yeah, can't really but, say, but, just because you know, on that summer jam screen and that, that CNN headline, man, that, that shit changed things, though. <laughs> Once you start getting right. them Google hits, <laughs> and niggas right, start finding out who you really are, you know what I mean? That little Twitter that you had, you know what I mean? Your little Facebook with, like, you know, 300 of you, like, you know, you're only close and dear friends and shit like that, you know. And like, that's the thing. People the think, that, people really think that these motherfuckers, and that, thank you for making that point, because people think that these motherfuckers is invincible and untouchable, but they're not, bro. They have a standard of living, just like we do. They have goals. They have aspirations, just like we do. And if you threaten any of those fucking things, like they've been doing to us, then they will act. They will change the way that they have been acting. They will do something. So, but I guess, but I guess that's the main thing. 
what, what concessions. But, but I think with Kyrie, I don't know. Like I said, it's back to what I was saying before, but I agree that with him, at least, like, you know, even if you're not really – well, you have to at least show that you're willing to give it up just to force niggas' hands. You know what I mean? Show niggas that you're crazy enough to actually do the unthinkable. So that that's the thing. They ain't actually... going to believe you. They ain't going to believe you unless you show them a little crazy, bro. Yeah. That's what it is. That's the thing. So I, I think niggas – like, I yeah, think that's whatever. probably niggas – Niggas probably making calls that actually, like, you know, they calling Drew to see, like, yo, nigga, can you make a year-round league? You know what I mean? <laughs> so, so, so niggas can actually do it and shit. So, and I think that, I think that, I think that's the pressure you got to put on niggas. You know what I mean? Like, it's not enough just for a bunch of players to say, hey, man, you know, Shout out we're to not going to come Cube. back. Help us. Yeah. Cube, exactly. What's you know what up? I mean? Like, a nigga like Ice Cube needs to come out and literally say, like, yo, listen, dog, I mean, we can expand you know on the big three. You know what I mean? Y'all had the NBA? <laughs> we got the NBA. Yeah, we sure. signed LeBron. <laughs> so all we needed. Clutch sports. We going in business with Clutch. We've signed LeBron. Anybody who can want to come play with us, just come play with us. It's LeBron and Steve Jackson and Gilbert Arena so far. That's that's yeah. what we got. But and Kyrie. It's weird though, because I, I look at a nigga like uh like uh what's the name? Like Adam Silver. I mean the thing is Adam Silver, I mean, he's just trying to he just generally wants to expand the game, you know what I mean? So He's down to do whatever, you know what I mean? Because he, I mean, I like the fact that he's more of a players commissioner yeah. rather than a uh, rather than a than a than a you know than a team commissioner. But that's the thing. I think his job. Be, I think his. I think his job is just because of the times and where the league is at. I think his job is just distinctly different and requires completely different shit than David Stern's job required at the time. Because the, yeah. the league was just in a whole different place like 20, 30 years ago. And right now, all that Adam Silver has to do is protect the image and expand it. And, and honestly, that expansion started under David Stern when they made the NBA Dream Team, and then they made yeah. the Redeem Team. So, like, that shit, like, we had Dirk Nowitzki, we had Stojakovic, we had all of these motherfuckers way back when because of that. So the globalization of the league, Yao Ming, with the globalization of the league wasn't necessarily an Adam Silver thing. He just has to maintain that. That's all he got to do. Yeah, ma- ma- maintain. I guess and expand on that. But right. that's why I was. That, but. And that's why I was surprised. Like with like you know earlier this year, well the season when they had that issue with China, and you know Adam Silver was pretty much trying to play next with China. I didn't realize that China actually contributed fucking like seventy percent of fucking league revenue. Like that's wild. <laughs> but seventy. Then again, 17. 70? seventeen. Oh, all right. Scared the shit out of me, my nigga. I was about to say, yo, where the fuck is these black dollars going, man? <laughs> so, but seven, 17%, I mean, that's still a big, a big oh, chunk, you know what I mean? That's, that's, that's significant as fuck, but. You know what I mean? So, what? but, uh, because I guess that's, that, that's you know, because that's the big, the big, you know, whenever they stop being communist, that's going to be the biggest market, right? Um, but, and it's weird, you know, the, the position that, that LeBron took before, because his whole thing was that, like, listen, man. <laughs> we America, bitch. He's like, listen, bro. And then they was like Nike factories in China. Well, I don't think it's more or less even just the Nike factories in China, but as a nigga like LeBron, you know what I mean? Like he's making, you can see he's making his investments here in the States and shit like that. So, I mean, you know, niggas opening up schools, putting niggas through college. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, I, I mean, I, yeah. think, I think the way he sees it is that, you know, listen, dog, I mean, these comedies ain't going to change their fucking mind. So, fuck it, dog. But at the at the very most, you know, I mean, these niggas took our jobs. At the very at the very least, man, we can just take these niggas' money <laughs> and just bring that shit back here. You know what I mean? So, uh, 
Yeah, it's a lot but, more complicated than that, though. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, but yeah, it is. I mean, obviously, obviously it's, it's 30 different layers, you know what I mean? You got the whole mm-hmm. fucking nationalism aspect, patriotism and shit like that. But, you know, yeah. his whole yeah. thing is that, listen, dog, America got problems, man. I'm concerned with my community here. So you complain about China and they can complain about yourself first before you start looking at the shit that they got going on over there. And then they yeah, and say, that was from a... And that was a perspective of a black man, unfortunately. So that was marginalized. <laughs> so, um, but that's the thing, you know, him even being that figurehead, you know, I mean, having having plan, you know, having having that choice, you know, I mean, like these motherfuckers are still gonna feel the way they feel, you know, I mean, you can't force them to change their mind. So, but you can but force the, them to change their actions. You can. So, but the yeah. actions of some billionaires, I mean, I guess that's cool, but that's the thing. I'm more, man, I, I, and I guess that's the thing, the moonshot shit, right? It's changing the hearts of the people. But it's funny, it's funny that the last, literally the last episode, we said, yo, we need to argue a little bit more. I like this. This is good. <laughs> this is good energy, dude. So, but no, I, th- no, I think, like, you, you got to, ch- like, and if you can't, you got to change the hearts of the people because, you know, because any change, all right, any no, change No, you're not. That, no, you're not. You're not fucking changing nobody's heart. You just said that shit like 10 minutes ago. You expect I, to change these niggas' hearts? I told you I don't I don't expect to change these niggas' hearts. I expect to I expect to force them into submission. I hope But that's but that's the thing, but that, but that's them, right? So look at them, right? All right. Let's say Ben and Jerry's, right? Ben and Jerry's front line and shit like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Niggas was out the protest, niggas got arrested and shit like that, right? You can't even you can't even teach that kind of loyalty. You can't <laughs> even teach that kind of empathy, bro. You can't you really can't. Niggas gotta be born with that or niggas gotta experience some shit. That, that life got to bring you to that point. You know what I mean? So, so, no, I can't, I'm not, like, I don't think that that's possible. Sorry, sorry, go ahead. I'm going to Yes, so, I mean, but that's the thing. So, like, as much as I like Mark Cuban to be on the front lines with niggas and shit like that, I, well, oddly enough, he probably might actually be the nigga that may actually be out there on the front lines. He'll be the only <laughs> one. He'll be the only one. But, as far uh, as owners go. Yeah, I mean, well, you know what I mean? You got Michael Rubin and shit like that, so. Uh, but He's a Jew. We'll get, I don't know if we'll get the mess, rest of the group out there with that. Uh, yeah, I'll doubt it. <laughs> but uh, but I guess a couple assistant coaches and shit. But but I think like you're not gonna actually change the heart of the actual people because like you know man, most niggas are adults most niggas set in stone. And I've had enough arguments like you said when anonymous niggas online <laughs> about this shit. And you know I mean niggas got their mind made. You know what I mean you could try appealing to wherever you want with these niggas if you can't. But, but no, I think it's actually, but they'll I, but literally I think tell actually, they'll literally tell you yeah, but he was a criminal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or they'll say some stupid shit like that that completely denies a person's humanship. Exactly. Sorry, uh, humanity is the real word, but still. <laughs> humanship. <laughs> that that nigga was yeah. on the human ship. <laughs> I've been I've been politicizing shit for too long, bro. Politicizing. Yeah, humanship. I remember I was mad <laughs> when I was managing the fucking electronic shop and shit. I remember I was telling the nigga and we was talking to a, to a, he was talking to a fucking uh customer and shit like that. And he was just like saying some shit, just wilding, just like making like just bad jokes and shit like that. I'm like, nigga, man, you, yo, you need to get your shit together, man. You need to actually like be more direct in what you say. You need to stop being as loose with like how you talk to people, man. It's a matter of professionality. I'm like, <laughs> professionalism, dick. <laughs> no, no, I, was like, I know, right? Did anybody Because it sounded good. No, 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 no. Niggas peeped, the customer peeped. He was like, you mean professionalism? I was like, yeah, same thing. Yo, that's funny as shit. Yo, but if then you it's didn't what... tell me the context, I wouldn't even have fucking corrected you. I'd have been like, yeah, professionality. Because it sounds so good. But nah, oddly enough, though, professionality is actually a word, so. 
I'm sure it is. You can't sit there like nationalism and nationality. Like there's differences. I there's like you know these these suffixes have meanings to them. Yeah. So apparently um, they say well, pro- professionality is the uh, the, the, uh, the the art of maintaining a uh, professional appearance and attitude while projecting a tremendous amount of personality. Hell yeah! Wow. Oh, they had dickhead for that. Somebody made that up. <laughs> yeah. Fucking assholes. How you first off? How you even? Whatever. Anyway. I was about to say, how do you even take something they that blended, has They blended two words. They blended two <laughs> words, but the, the second part of the first word, or the second part, which was the uh, personality part, got lost completely because all of the personality of personality is person. <laughs> Let me say that again because that was fun. All of the personality of the word personality is person inside of it, and they, they got rid of that and put profession and just kept ality, which <laughs> niggas are stupid. Anyway... <laughs> But um, but 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 I guess I kind of just to finish the point though, I guess uh, like you know like Ben and Jerry's I think particularly for the younger generations coming up and the people that are actually more how to say uh, more impressionable I think mm-hmm. actually just seeing seeing actual actions of uh, you know seeing actions in play uh, you know visually you know be it like you know on social media actually just seeing people doing shit or just actually seeing progression made and actions made by people actually will, you know, not necessarily, it'll change their hearts, you know what I mean? It spurs you to believe in the possible. It spurs you to have the confidence to try. And you even kind of, and you might even understand a little bit more of the methodology to it because you've had years to study it internally. So, but I, but I, but I think that's, that's the big thing about it there. So, I mean, so like why, like I think, you know, the financial aspect of it is nice, you know, I like to actually see niggas actually come out and, and support some shit, you know what I mean? And I just support it, support it in a real way, you know what I mean? Not, you know, not just throwing a couple of dollars at it, but coming out and actually making a statement, you know what I mean? So, or a little bit more than the statement, you know what I mean? Like, state, state you know, defining, defining statements or defining actions, there we go. So, not placating actions, not coming out, you know what I mean? And the whole team coming out and kneeling for the flag and shit like that, holding hands and shit like that. Nah, nigga. <laughs> I want you to actually yeah. go to the fucking. You know I mean, I want you to actually go to the police. You know, precinct or the police. You know, what I mean, the, the police commissioner of the fucking city that your team is in, and like say, like, listen, dog, <laughs> you guys gotta actually make some changes, man. And you know, see, now you had specific <laughs> actions to add to that. I told you I ain't necessarily have specific actions to add to that, but I said exactly what you said, which is, niggas shouldn't accept the bare minimum from these motherfuckers. Yeah. Um. But on the other side of that, you've been peeping all of these uh, these fucking college football coaches just completely recruiting or ruining their fucking recruiting future. Nah, nah, what's up? Uh, so you had you had Dabo Sweeney, 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 whatever the fuck, however you pronounce that bullshit. Last week, uh, coach of Clemson, he he was on some dumb shit. He came out like a week and a half ago when all of the shit was going down, and he he wore a t-shirt that said "Football Matters." So everybody was like, "What the fuck, B?" And then uh, his uh, running back, his star running back, uh, came at him on a video and was like, matter of fact, he came at him on Twitter specifically and was like, nah, if something, something's got to change, I won't, I won't be a part of this shit. Like, something's got to change. I won't be a part of this shit. So everybody made a big thing about it. And then two or three days later, there was a video that came out of both of them niggas standing together. And it was like, yeah, we uh, da 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 But basically in the video, a lot of, pro- uh, especially like Stephen A and Max, a lot of people had an issue with the fact that the young boy apologized because he said he ain't coming to coach the right way. And the coach apologized for, you know, being a fucking racist or whatever. 
Oh fuck. Sorry. I mixed these up. I mixed these up. This was uh this was Gundy. This was Gundy. And this was a different college, but either way. But uh they said uh he he did his little apology and shit, but they was asking the the, uh, the running back. They was like, yeah, so did he do anything that made you change your mind or whatever? And the running back, he was just a college boy, so he couldn't communicate. Like, he was talking to Stephen A., you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was just like a whole bullshit posturing. And like you said, motherfuckers doing the bare minimum just to kind of say their job. Uh, and, yeah, that's really that. That was Gundy, though. The other guy, Dabo, he came out and did a whole little uh, – it wasn't a rally. I guess you could say it was like a little uh, block party he threw for Black Lives Matter, for Black Lives Matter. But then at the end of it, he made sure to say, yeah, we just want to make everybody aware of the fact that Black Lives Matter equally. Oh, man. Right? Right? So, yeah, like a lot of people are like, yo, these niggas, like you work with all black athletes and you're pretty much your job is dependent on you communicating effectively with them i think that's the that that, that's the that's the whole point man that like that cat that that calibration that everybody's trying to do uh so here's the thing here's the thing right (laughs) now i got a question i got a question from all of this so we just talked about how like threatening the niggas livelihood threatening the niggas business all of that shit with these coaches it seems like their racism is so ingrained into them and their privilege they're so confident in their privilege that they don't feel like they got to do shit or they feel like, you know what? This is a matter of dignity and values and I am not going to compromise those things even for this job. Cause you already gave me $30 million. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But I guess that, that, that goes to say like, you know, that goes to the show, the structure of it all, right. The structuralism at all. Like the fact that they feel like they have that confidence uh, or at least they have the backing until they get a phone call to be like, hey, man, listen, dog, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, but, you know what I mean, this is, you know, this, this ain't going to happen, you know what I mean? So, but obviously, you know what I mean, it, we're Americans, man, so niggas ain't going to be, well, niggas will live in fear, but niggas ain't going to actually be fearful in public and shit like that. <laughs> I mean, they won't, they won't be publicly fearful and shit like that. So niggas going to show their ass for as long as they can until uh, you whoop it and shit. So, well, these bare minimalists are definitely keeping their jobs. So, shout out to those motherfuckers. So, shout out to the young niggas eventually losing y'all job for doing the bare minimum and shit like that. So, for real. Oh, man. Let me get into this Wayne shit, man. All right. Yeah, dog. It took, it took a minute to get the Wayne here. All right. So, basically, it's the year of the Wayne. We appreciate Wayne. We want to salute Wayne. So, we're going to salute Wayne every day for the rest of the year. So you want to go first? You want me to go first? Uh, I can go first. So definitely fits the times. Uh, Lil Wayne from the Carter Two track shooter. So third verse into the radio stations. I'm tired of being patient. Stop being rapper racist. Region haters, spectators, dictators, behind behind door dictators. It's outrageous. You don't know how sick you make us. I want to throw up like chicks in Vegas. <clears throat> but this is Southern Faces. So if this is too simple, y'all niggas don't get the basics. What song was that again? The guy used to know them bars. Shoot, uh, shooter, Johnny had with uh, Robin Thicke. Backdoor dick takers. 
Oh, man. man. So, uh, that was dope as fuck. My computer's on 3%. Let me find my charger. Oh, shit. For real, for real. Before we lose, niggas. Uh, all right, I got him. Got him. All right. My John, pause. My John's from, uh, I ain't even pause. I don't know what the fuck I'm thinking. <laughs> my John. <laughs> yeah, my John. Uh, this, this one is from. It's behind the door. <laughs> come back, come by, come behind so you can take it. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. Uh, this John is, this John is from Carter Four. Uh, Nightmares at the Bottom. It's like those, this, I was actually going to use other bars for this, but then I got a chance to hear that little outro sequence in it. That shit was crazy. I was like, oh, yeah, this is the one right here. Um, oh, shit. I'll bet. Give me a sec. I'm sorry. I lost my tab. Good. Lady walks in with a shotgun. Come through. Stick it. Fell back. Oh, damn. I got one. I don't know what the hell I was talking about there. Uh, but not, well, I guess when you find that, man. So the other, the other day I was actually watching a TED Talk. All right, uh, wait, wait, wait. Hold that thought. I got it. I got all it. Right, Hold right. that thought. Hold that thought. All right. Got it. Got it. Outro. <laughs> Nigga said, okay. uh, yeah, I ain't doing nothing but getting my share, breathing this air. And Max mom told me that she going to keep me in her prayers. So I'm feeling all right. And I'm trying to stay aware. And if you want to trip, then I'm going to meet you there. So my niggas in the game, keep the game fair. Players play, coaches coach, and cheerleaders cheer. I'm trying to keep the spirit when the ghosts disappear. Wheezy F baby and the F ain't for fear. There you go. See, I told you, man. Niggas, niggas won't be publicly fearful, man. Nah, not publicly. They won't. <laughs> but they will act on their fear publicly. They will act uh, on it. You can, uh, you, can, you can definitely let them fear. You can let them make their decisions fear-based all day long. And fear-based decisions is what we're working toward. Um, yeah. Not, not fucking reason. Not logic. Fucking fear. It's, I mean... Tell me if I'm crazy. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's not ideal, but I mean, hey, I mean, you got to take what you can get at these points, these points, right? I mean, we're uh, going to die anyway. Might as well die for something good. Yeah. But, uh, so the other night I was on, uh, on fucking YouTube, I saw this TED talk about this dude named Daryl Davis. He's like a jazz musician. Uh-huh. A blues musician, blues jazz musician, well, blues musician. And he was saying that uh, he pretty much just like attended fucking KKK rallies and shit. So, so pretty much what happened was, uh, I guess after a long, you know, career of actually doing music and shit, the nigga decided that he wanted to write books. So he wanted to write books about about uh, white supremacists and shit like that. So he was interviewing a police officer that had killed black people and gotten off and shit like that. And then uh, in his interviews about you know about the book. He ended up uh, having an interview with like a grand wizard of the KKK, but the only thing is, when he actually ended up interviewing the wizard, the grand wizard, they didn't actually tell him. He did not. They didn't actually tell the grand wizard before he came in for the interview that he was actually he was being black. interviewed by by a black man. Yeah. So, uh, so pretty much, you know, it got to the point to where, you know, he got a couple interviews out of him. 
then he actually like, you know, they built a relationship. It got to the point to where he started actually inviting him to the rallies and shit like that. So then <laughs> they showed a CNN clip of him actually being at one of the rallies and shit like that. And this is years later after these niggas actually like had a relationship. This nigga would actually come to his house. They would actually have conversations and debates and shit like that. Uh, yeah. So he basically went out of his way to make a, to, to build a, a relationship. First, it started with a rapport because yeah. he had to give his information professionally. Then it became yeah. a relationship. And in that relationship, he managed to humanize himself to this racist dude, right? Now, yeah. a lot of racism is based on ignorance. A lot of racism is based on ignorance. Not all of it, though, but a lot of it is. Um, yeah. the Dallas Goddard situation. Uh, Dallas Goddard, tight end for the Philadelphia Eagles, got fucking sucker punched in a bar. What was that, sure. yesterday? Yeah. So did they say why? Uh, so, so this nigga Wing said because he's cause he's black, and I'm like, Dallas Goddard is not black. Dallas Goddard is not near black. I went, yeah. I went read an interview, uh, with uh, McLeod, and he was saying, he was like, yeah, I was talking to Dallas and Carson and all of these bulls about it, and you know these bulls being from Dakota, Dallas told me he actually never seen a black person said so he got to college. Oh, man. <laughs> that. Yeah, but that's that's for real. That's for real. Person in real life until he got to college. So to me, yeah, nigga, the faces of our oppressors, if I've never seen them before, then, like, of course, I would feel a little different when I talk to them. You know what I mean? Like, I would interact yeah. with them a little bit differently. Uh, and, you know, we come from a place where we done met all types of people. We done fucked with all types of people. Like, we, you know, we got all types of people in our group. But at the same time, like, that situation where the, the ball went and became friends with the KKK guy, that was a situation where you could you could you could you could get that from a nigga from South Dakota. Like a nigga from South Dakota who ain't never met no black people and then he met a black person and then he spoke to a black person and he started to regard a black person as a person. Yeah. Damn. That's something he never had the opportunity to do before. So that's realistic to me. But if he's from Philly or he's from New York or he's from LA or he's from fucking nah, Phoenix, Nah, nah, this motherfucker was, like, down from, like, Kentucky or some shit like that. You know, like, one of them down, you know, deep south yeah. areas. But I remember it was funny. Because... Probably really didn't, and probably, probably a super segregated area where he really didn't actually have to work with or deal with or communicate with black people regularly. Well, yeah, I mean, the grand was, and the, grand was the, way, the way that he was putting it. He was pretty much just saying how, like, you know, this is just a matter of culture. He's like, man, this is some shit that he was, he was, he was born with and ingrained with. You know what I mean? He was taught this shit. This shit came up. You know what I mean? So... You know, it's, it's just community. You know what I mean? It's tradition. It's tradition. It's community. Like, you know, they yeah, literally got, like, hundreds of motherfuckers out here. It's built on yeah. hate. Fucking piece of shit. So, yeah. of course, you can call it all of that shit. I can see all of the positive aspects that that could provide for a person, but I can also see all the negative aspects that it provides for my community. It completely is yeah. anti and of course, it's my community. What the fuck are you talking about? That's war, baby. But I guess um, that's, the, that's the thing that kind of, like, you know... <laughs> Why, why I question, like, kind of like Daryl Davis, like, damn, dog, like, you just showing up these rallies and shit like that, and you standing right on the front front row, but, I mean, it's taking a lot for you to be able to hear that, but, you know, obviously, obviously questions of safety and shit like that, but you being there and them thinking that, like, you're the exception, you know, because I think, like, before the interview, like, before they even got, like, you know, they were shooting the piece and shit like that, and the dude even mm -hmm. said it, like, he was like, I got more respect for that black man right there than I got for you fucking white niggas in the media. <laughs> and I was like, wow. I was like, damn, dog. And this is back in like, so, the, you know. After a certain while where you where you spend so much time with somebody that completely opposes you or somebody that juxtaposes your whole position, 
I mean, at what point do they start to take away from you and you take away from them, not just lending to each other? Yeah. And I think that, like, that's the question. After a, while, after a while, you've lent all your credibility to them. Now you ain't got no more. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That, and I guess that's, that's the thing there, too, because, like, this nigga is, like, chilling with this nigga after the rally and shit like that. Like, these niggas fucking sitting back, drinking fucking Sunkiss and shit like that, <laughs> talking yeah, like them. And that's the thing, like, that's, that's to me, that's, that's too, that's too uh, passive. That's too passive, because that's, yeah. that's almost supporting a person. That's almost supporting a person on what they're doing. Like, I got, I got situations with people in my family where I'm like, nah, you do that, so I don't fuck with that. I don't fuck with you. I can't fuck with you because you do that. I can't have that in my life, so I can't have you in my life. Now, the moment that you stop doing that, man, I'm going to be right here. I'm going to be looking for you. Believe me. I'm going to be I'm gonna be like, yo, B, let's do it. Let's go. And you're going to be like, no, nah, nigga, you ain't going to fuck with me no more. But listen, I can't do it. I can't compromise on that one thing. And uh, I'm talking about breaking and entering, if anybody was wondering. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, seriously, I got people in my family who do B&E and shit. And I'm like, yo, man, fuck, y'all niggas can't know where I live. <laughs> Y'all niggas can't know where I live. Yeah. I'm not giving y'all niggas no rides. <laughs> y'all do that shit to them. Y'all definitely do that shit to me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm family. Shit. They might. Be, I, you know what I mean? I think twice before I kill you. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> that's why That's why I'm going to just kill your ass now. <laughs> so I'm going to just kill you now. Not physically, but you know. But kill your presence. Life. Yeah. I'm going to just kill you now. And be done with this shit. Yeah. But yeah, bro, you can't really support like so at a certain point standing next to somebody absolutely endorses their actions. At yeah. a certain point. And I, I think that was a question because I guess his thing is that, you know, he felt like him being there and being on the front lines actually shit. Yeah. Well, he he felt he felt that he was, you know, that he felt that he was actually making his presence known and realizing that like, hey man, I'm a I'm a real person here. So this shit that you're saying. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? The same way you motherfuckers feel about me, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I'm the same as these motherfuckers. So this hate and shit that you're spewing, you're literally talking about me right now. You know what I mean? So do you really feel that way about me? <laughs> or, you know what I mean? Are you just saying this just to talk out of your face? And I think that's a big thing, too, because it's just like, damn, nigga. <laughs> I mean, like, it's not, it's nothing, man. I don't know. I remember that one time, man, when you and I were uh, working in the airport, and the one dude came in, and we told him that we were we told him that we were from Philly and shit like that. And he was like, "What? You guys are from Philly? Nah, yeah. I've been to Philly. I've seen some guys from Philly." He didn't believe black that's people knew how to talk. <laughs> and I, you know what I mean? He's like, "Damn, that's crazy. That's what's up, man." Well, man, you guys, man, listen, man, keep doing what you're doing. I'm like, thinking, like that's the same thing as motherfuckers saying, like, "Yeah, but you're one of the good ones." Nah, nigga. <laughs> yeah, that shit was terrible, bro. That's that. That's I mean, like them. That's them Colin Powell compliments. Yeah, he speaks so well. You know what I mean? So Man, I, you could almost good. pass for a white guy on the phone. <laughs> Yo, did I tell you about that one time? I was, I worked the one job. I was doing telemarketer for a bit. And the one dude, I talked to him and he said like, yeah, man, I just had to call in to try to get from information, man. Because every time I call this one place, uh, man, I'm always getting some Indian person, but it's cool to actually be able to phone and actually be able to get a white guy that knows what he's talking about. Yeah, I heard that before. You think said that like, to you? Yeah, that was on the phone. So that, that was on the phone, you know what I mean? So I got my, I got my, I was getting my, my sorry to bother you on and shit like that. I was just taken aback by that shit. I was just like, I laughed. <laughs> that was my first reaction just to fucking laugh, you know what I mean? Because it was just like, wow. 
I saw, I saw some. I was, I was, I was, I was so. It was, it was one of those moments of life that, like, you know, what I mean, like, you know, it's there, but once you, when it's actually confirmed yeah, in front of your face, it. yeah, <laughs> it was just like, yo, that's wild. You that's remember wild. when, uh, you remember that Eddie Murphy skit on SNL from years and years ago where he dressed up as a white dude, painted his skin and all that shit. Oh yeah, and he went to like different like uh. He went into different stores. Yeah. He went into a store. store he was standing like there. That. It was a white ball. It was a white. It was a white mm-hmm. owner, and it was a black ball next to him. And he, he looked at the black ball, black, and gave him like a head nod, and then looked at the white guy and was like, "Hi." And then as soon as the black ball left, the owner looked at him and was like, "Oh, don't worry. It's just us. Go ahead, take it. You don't gotta pay for it. Mm-hmm. It's us." <laughs> like yo, um, yeah, I don't even know what to say about all of that shit. Yeah. I don't even know what to say about all that shit, bro. It's just wild, man. It's, it's more than meets the eye, man. More than meets the eye. Uh, yeah. Got, got anything yeah. else you want to cover before we get the shots? Yeah. Brady versus Relichuk. Who's going to win first? Who's going to win first? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to probably... Vegas got, Vegas got Patriots. Vegas got Patriots? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go Brady. He has a tighter window, so he's got to get sooner. Uh, so he's got he's pretty much got what two years on his deal, maybe mm-hmm. three. So I mean he's got the next two years to do it. Uh, just looking at the way the NFC is shaking out, uh, fucking San San Fran definitely took a step back and shit like that. Uh, they're not stepping forward. Green Bay, who knows if they're gonna be able to like overcome that whole fucking front office shit between fucking Aaron Rodgers and the fucking team right now. Uh, I mean, I like to say my Eagles, but we don't know what the fuck's going to happen with them. So right now in the NFC, I mean, it just, as, just as things look right now, I mean, the Patriots look like the strongest team. I mean, not the Patriots. With no quarterback? Tom, 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 Tom Brady. <laughs> no, no. I know that's the funny thing. I just associated Tom Brady with the Patriots, yeah. you know what I mean? So Brady, the yeah. Buccaneers look like the strongest the, team. The Bucket, the, yeah, the Buccaneers look like the fucking strongest mm-hmm. team right now, just with the fucking, like, you know, the young receiving core they have and shit like that. And, you know, the niggas that they about to pick up, I think they have it. While it's, you know, in the fucking, in the AFC, they, man, fucking the Patriots still got to, they got to beat fucking Kansas City, so. Yeah, so you know what I mean. So they gotta get back. They gotta beat Kansas City. They gotta still worry about Baltimore. You know what I mean. So and I've been watching Baltimore. the 49ers make a couple mistakes over this offseason. So, so, so yeah. So I don't know. I, I, I'm probably gonna say the, the fucking the Bucks before the Patriots. So word. I got you. Um. Uh. Not gonna bring up white blessing. Y'all can look that up if y'all want. Yeah, white blessing. Oh, man. Uh, Byron Williams, Las Vegas, September 5th. He said, I can't breathe. Um, seven cops, they all turned the cameras off. He said, I can't breathe 17 times. Byron Williams. Uh, there's, a, there's a petition that his family got for niggas to sign. And there's a couple of different ways you can support. Just Google his name, Byron Williams. Um. Yeah. That's that's the funny thing though, right? You, you would think with all this shit going on, man. This was September fifth. Yeah. Oh, this, this was, last year. This was before that. Yeah. So this, oh, niggas no. wasn't paying attention. They oh, didn't no. have they, they didn't have as much media coverage on his death. So that's cool. We can we can go grab these retroactive dubs, nigga. Let's yeah. Go. I mean, that's the thing. I guess they they need to start opening up these cases. But I know that's the one thing uh, that they're trying to push, like legislation wise, is getting rid of uh, qualified immunity for police officers and shit. Definitely, 100%. So, so. You know what else? Them niggas get real good pensions. They get real, real good pensions. 
Well, they're saying they're saying that instead of the city actually paying for like you know when these civil suits go up against you know these uh go against the officers instead of like the actual taxpayers playing shit like that should be coming out uh-huh. of their pensions because that would you know like you said that would deter them from even wanting to start these cases up exactly then you would yeah. have a, then you would have a little bit of solidarity in the right direction exactly so I mean I think those those are definitely two feasible things that can can happen. Actually, that shit, shit could probably even happen tomorrow if niggas really fucked around, you know what I mean? I'm serious about it, so. Uh, I mean, I know you're starting to see it in some cities. I think uh, in, in Denver, actually not Denver, it's fucking uh, Colorado, they actually got rid of it, actually, on the state level and shit. So, That's awesome. That's awesome. So, so I, think, I think in Washington, they're getting close to it, so you're starting to see more of it. Uh, state or guys, D.C.? Huh? The, the state, state or district? Uh, oh, no, no, state, state. Uh, but I think uh, you're going to start to see more of that actually going going forward. Also, uh, <clears throat> along with the qualified immunity, uh, you're going to start – well, you know the whole thing that they're saying with defund the police. So you got some places that are actually just pretty much just like shutting down the police departments. And I guess, you know, I showed you something about this earlier in the week on like, you mm-hmm. know, like when you necessarily defunded the police – I guess you don't necessarily just get rid of the police altogether because you still need that. that you have enforcement. to replace it. You have to replace yeah. it with some something else. Yeah, That's so another I think, system. Yeah, so I think you know, just having you know, I guess, uh, almost like a mental health task force for people and shit like that. Motherfuckers is actually trying trained to deal with certain situations. Like, for instance. If you got a motherfucker that's in a hostage negotiation or if you got a nigga that's actually about to fucking jump off a building and shit like that, you send a motherfucker in there that's actually trained <laughs> to deal with these situations and actually talk to someone. Uh, yeah, so I yeah. guess one thing, I mean, I think not only just taking money out of a lot of police, I think you just need better training for police, man. I feel like, you know. No, you, the, can't, the, you can't train everybody to care. There's certain types of people who get into psychology and get into therapy because they just have a, a mind and a heart for that type of shit. There's yeah, but, but types of people who get into military because they just have a mind and a heart for that type of shit, and the people who fail at that become police officers. Yeah, but that's the thing. I feel like this the same training and the same training, and the same scrutiny that we have for our military. Military, we should, we should have for police officers. Police, yeah, I mean, so because they, they have it. humanity training, they have sh- yeah. they have a whole lot of training. Uh, like they can't, they can't. Never mind. They go, they go on the foreign soil with people who don't look like them. And so we kind of got to require them to like yeah, they, they regard gotta, people. Yeah, regard people, deal with the locals, talk with the locals, you know what I mean? Yeah, and actually, like, you know. Kind of recognize the culture and see it as it is, you know? Yeah. But in America, no, we don't train we don't train them to do that. They don't do and that. That's, they don't do and, that's, that. and that's the funny thing, you know, because like, you know, we care more about <laughs> motherfuckers on foil soil than we how actually we treat care about. How overseas. We, <laughs> over, oh, we, keep, we, we treat <laughs> we treat hostile motherfuckers better overseas than we actually treat motherfuckers here that ain't really even half as hostile in this same I gotta country. object to that we, man. I gotta object to that we. I can't start looking at America as a fucking monolith no more. Or I can't keep, brother. I actually gotta get rid of that we. I gotta say they, them. Yeah. Ain't uh, let me... Us. Ain't no us <laughs> in the U.S. <laughs> Yo, we ain't about shit but black and white. Um, so, I was watching old basketball. And one thing I noticed, statistically, no team has ever won an NBA championship with a double-digit assist man, except Showtime Lakers with Magic. But the rest of the 40, 50-year history of statistics, no team with one assister 
with over nine assists a game ever won a championship? Because uh, I think you probably – you need more scoring from the fucking point guard position, maybe. No, nah, you need ball distribution. Yeah. You need the movement well, yeah, of the well, yeah, well, well, yeah. You, you can't you, just you, have you, one guy move, making every play. Yeah. And I think more – yeah, and more people are actually moving the play. Like you said, ball distribution. So other motherfuckers actually making plays well, as well. So All those year, years when John Stockton was getting 12 and 14 assists a game, them niggas was not making it at all far in the playoffs. But once yeah. the niggas took it down to about eight to nine or seven to eight assists in a game, the niggas was making it to the finals. Yeah, because you need more than one playmaker on the floor. I think that's the big thing. He also needs to get off the floor sometimes, too. Well, well that too. <laughs> it can't just be that but, one nigga dishing every fucking jaw throughout the whole yeah. game. I mean, uh, I was, I was, well, yeah, it becomes obvious, too. But, I, but you know, I was watching John It scares Stockton me, though, nigga. That nigga can't dribble with his left. Fuck that nigga. He can't cross over either. Seriously, he can't. Um, I'm serious. He fucking can't. Uh, it, it scares me, though, because of Ben and LeBron. Cause, oh, why? I because mean, they're there. They're, well, they're both, Ben, they're ben both is an average. He, but he's not averaging. Ben's uh, averaging eight. Ben's averaging eight. Yeah. That's cool. So, single, single digits. I, I dig you. I dig you. But <laughs> nine is the, is the limit, though. Nine is the limit. So, like, basically, all they, if they find a way to stop him, then our whole offense is fucking stagnant. I mean, we, well, we got another ball, but uh, on top of Ben, though, what's the name? Who's his name? Uh, Josh uh, Josh Richardson. I mean, he he plays point. Nah, dog. Nah, seriously. Shake better I mean, than that nigga. Shake better than that nigga. I mean, he might Trey be. Burke was better than that nigga. Nah, dog. You had you had you had to see Josh Richardson early in the season. Uh, he nah, he, he's. I watched shit, every man. game. What are you talking about? I watched nah, every dog. game. Yo, he was he was getting it in, man. Before before he got hurt, before he got hurt, before he got hurt, he was getting like what thirteen points. But nah, he was getting more than that, man. He was putting up like I think he put up like a forty piece on Miami. Forty uh, was funny. That's because nah, that was his hometown. We gave him the ball every fucking. Nah, game. but but nah, but but he was balling, dog. Nah, Josh Richardson was balling this this season, man. Before he, before he got hurt, man, he was he was doing his thing, man. He was he was he was earning the little check that he's getting right now. Nah, Josh Josh Richardson ball, man. That nigga should have been six, man. Uh, well, I guess unless you, unless you know the state of our team right now, the nigga should have been six, man. So, uh, minutes per game, thirty-one. Field goal attempts, twelve. Field goals made, five. Uh, three-point percentage, thirty-two. Uh, field goal percentage, 48. That's not good. Free throw, 78. That's all right. Uh, what, field, field goal percentage? 48 ain't bad, actually. That's not good. For his position? For, for a two-guard? 48 is actually is good, actually. No. Nah. 50 is good, nigga. No. Nah. Uh, 50, 50 the, the, depends 50 on your game. Minimum. 50 is I mean, the fucking minimum. No. Nah. For, for an efficient score, 50 is the minimum. Anyway, nah. the nigga averages 13.8 points a game, my guy. So, uh, I mean, that's two turnovers, hurt, but... one steal, three assists, and 2.5 rebounds. Nah, you got you to you see the stats from early in the season. They, they don't have a breakout here per game. So, I'm not going to just take fucking 
a 12-game sample. I got to look at the whole situation. You know what I mean? He wasn't injured the whole year. No, nah, I mean, a nigga was injured for at least the last – I mean, a nigga was hurt. He's been struggling with injuries since, like, I guess, like, what, late December, actually? So, I mean, they had that nigga playing. <laughs> so – Was he playing on Christmas? Uh, I think he played a Christmas game, yeah. So, nah, but that, that nigga was struggling to come back. So, he's, I know he's had some, like – I know he's come. I know he's come and gone. <clears throat> I mean, I know before the season came back, I think he was back, but he still wasn't hundred percent and shit like that. So nigga was playing hurt, which is weird. You get it? You get a nigga. <laughs> you get a nigga in the trade to replace a nigga. And you let that nigga play hurt two two months or shit like that. It's just weird. But nah, but but, but I, got, I got every game. <laughs> I got every yeah. game sitting. I got every game sitting in front of me right now, bro. Oh, we're All right, ESPN. Which, nah, you know, uh, basketball reference. I'm about to send this shit to you real quick. Yeah, what's time on right? Yeah, basketball-reference.com. Yeah, I just sent you, I just sent you the link. Oh, we're All right, so let's go. Through. All right, so just look, look at the games early on. That's all. The early game, well, the early games of the season, he was actually getting it in. Ten twenty three, thirteen points. Ten twenty six, six points. Ten twenty eight, seven points. Ten thirty, eight points. All right, I'm gonna stop saying the dates. Ten points, negative point one points. I don't even know what the fuck that means. Oh shit, I'm reading the wrong line. My bad. Is anyway, that like win shares and shit like that? Nah, it was uh, it was it's some game score shit. I don't know what that means. I don't know what it means. But anyway. Uh, I mean, seventeen nah, points, ten points. He's not the, he's not 14, the answer. Answer. Seventeen points, ten points, fourteen points, twelve points, seventeen points, eight points, twenty-four points, seven points, eleven points, seventeen points, nineteen points. Then he got twenty-eight on OKC. Eight points against Cleveland. Thirty-two against Miami. That was the forty-point game you was talking about. Twenty-five yeah, at Toronto. Twenty-five at Toronto and nine at Sacramento. Um, I mean, come on, that's drive keep going. I mean, it's not bad. Like, that ain't bad. I mean, nigga got twenty five no, on Toronto. Has, <laughs> he has he has games where he go off. That's cool, but then he get nine the next game. I mean, that's but that's but that's the thing. Do you do that? Do you think it's a matter of playmaking or a matter Who, of just him? him? Yeah. No, I mean, not, not, I mean, oh, sorry, a matter. I don't know. Is it a matter of coaching or is it a matter of him? Because you know, I see some games where this nigga just. Well, I mean, like this nigga honestly, Brett Brown is eating his fucking minutes up all the way, but. <laughs> Um, I, I mean, I will give you that because there's some games where he's got everything on him. And also, keep in mind, some of these games, Ben wasn't playing. So. No, nah, but I, I think behind Ben, I think he's a serviceable guy that can, that can make some shit happen. His game, is closer to, his game is closer to Toby than it is to Ben. He ain't really that much of a facilitator, dog. So, I mean, that's what they're using them as. But, I mean, our team is using a lot of niggas as niggas that they need. Out they of t- their fucking they, they, strengths. They, 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 turn nigga, they turn fucking Court Mize into a fucking shooter. He's not a shooter. He, he, he didn't come into the league as an actual shooter, man. So They turn Court Mize <clears> into <throat> a, shorter, a shooter. They got fucking MB shooting. They got Horford coming off the fucking bench. <laughs> oh, he bench. come in, he shooting. <laughs> he shooting when he come in. 
<clears throat> fucking. I think Niggas I think they got Embiid taking like eight a game. Eight? <clears throat> no, nah, I don't know if he's taking that many. Well, no, nah, he take. I've seen him take, take eight in the game. He take but like I, six. I, he probably averaged about six threes in a game. You know. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know how we go. How we how we looking this this season, man? So far, actually, but we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, all season, hopefully. But I, I, I'm just not satisfied with our fucking coaching situation, man. That's the big issue. This yeah. thing actually. And that's almost impossible to overcome, isn't it? Yeah. Because <laughs> if you got a bad coaching situation, I don't know what the hell is going – what you're going to do. <clears throat> but Joe Joe averages four three-point attempts a game. Uh, that's not bad, actually. That ain't bad at all. No, that's, 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 quite, that's quite honestly where he needs to be, actually. I think so, so too. It was, it's the games where he's shooting six and eight that I'm like, what the fuck is he doing? Yeah, like, yeah, what's he doing? But, nah, nah that, that's, that's about right, though. <clears throat> Three fours, it's uh, enough to keep niggas honest, and if you're making it, fuck it, keep shooting. So, yeah. But, so back what I was saying about John Stockton not having no fucking left. You can look at all of the footage, my nigga. This nigga had no crossover. He had no left. He dribbled just like everybody in the '70s. The first nigga who came into the league that had skills like with the ball was Isaiah, who was really killing that shit with the between the legs shit, the behind the back shit, playing with niggas, making niggas fall and shit. Before that, everybody was just running down the court with the fucking ball in front of them and their right hand dribbling, bro. Um, Kuzi, Kuzi would switch to the left every once in a while, <clears throat> but he didn't really had no, like, there wasn't no handles, handles like that. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, that John Stockton shit, man, fuck that. I'm not with none of that shit. Also, he had Carl Malone on his team, who was, like, one of the most efficient fucking scorers in the fucking history. Yeah. So all you got to <clears throat> do is dish to that nigga in the paint. And the way that that game was going back then, that was the primary scoring, like getting into yeah, the post. Inside, yeah, just getting to the post, feed, feed the big man. So. Yep. And obviously he had one of the most dominant big men tied to his hip throughout his whole career. So, of course, he's going to look good. Um, <clears throat> anyway. But do you, do you think, like, in this era of just, like, you know, just all the all the shooting threes that the big man is just dead? Or do you think, is, mm-hmm. you, you, do you think like, you know, if, if there's, like, a big man that's dominant enough that can actually just, like, consistently put up points, they can actually kind of just, like, affect the game enough. So you sent me that video of uh, LeBron getting his dream shake lessons, mm-hmm. right? And he ain't, he ain't the first or he ain't the only. He ain't – he's just one of the few not big men that I've seen doing it. i seen Kobe mm-hmm. doing it, too. Everybody – a lot of niggas go to Olajuwon's camp. I've seen Amari in there. I've seen a couple niggas. But um, one nigga made a point – I'm going to shout this nigga out in a bit. One nigga made a point that if he started a big man camp, it would consist of nothing but a basketball, a hoop, and a three-point line. And he would tell that nigga, you leave when you shoot 10,000, when you make 10,000 of these. <laughs> so how do I feel about it? The role of a big man is still, like, the court is still 10 feet tall no matter how you slice that shit. So a big man is yeah. still going to have an advantage over a small man. Now, just the, the nature of the game and how a big man operates is what's changed completely. But you can see that that physical dominance is still – um, physical dominance still churns out a, a good bit of results. But yeah. the only unfortunate part is that certain teams haven't figured out how to, uh, how to, how to incorporate that into the system of ball movement. Because right yeah. now, like, ball movement is winning. And when you give it to an ISO player, that slows down the, the game. When you give it to an inside post dude and just try to let him work back in, his, back in his way up into the lane or, or whatever, 
that's just that's just a, just inefficient. That's not how it's working. You can't go against a system like the Warriors had with that type yeah. of shit going on. So it really comes down to like Belichick. Like you just gotta see people's weaknesses and and, and feed off of them. Like every team's got a different way of playing, a different style of play. Uh, yeah, so I guess that's the that's the moves, right? You know what I mean? So you get seven footers and put them at the three point line. Who's who's really defending the seven footer through and jacking threes? Nigga, you need a whole bunch of Ben's and KD's and Nikola Jokic's. <laughs> that's really yeah. about and then Joe L and B. That's it. That's what you need. Yeah. You need a bunch of you need a bunch of hybrids. You need a bunch of stretch fives. You need a bunch of uh, tall guards. Um, that's really it. Yeah, it's maybe like, well, it'll be a big man's game just playing little man ball. So. Yeah, pretty much big men playing small ball. That's what yeah. it is, bro. That's exactly what it is. I'm hoping I'm hoping Steph get another MVP, man. I want to see that nigga like put these niggas on their knees again. Oh uh, man, I, I, I want to see him play again, man. So that was man, that was so refreshing, man, seeing him go off in that game when he fucking when he eliminated the uh, the Rockets and shit. He mm-hmm. locked this nigga down the first half, and then the second half, like, it was it this was nigga came, He got four points the first half, got 27 in the second half. Oh, yeah, four. I thought, I thought he had no points in the first half, actually. So, uh, he had four. He had four. Yeah, that was, that was, that was wild. So. And nigga got free. KD said it. Kobe said it. Pretty much everybody, everybody that, like, knew anything told this nigga, yo, when you play aggressively – Nobody can stop you, so just make sure you always do you, bro. Like play aggressive. Oh, he said that's all you got to do. Yeah. yeah, that's what LeBron told him that. Uh, like I watched a video of uh, when LeBron went to uh, Davidson to go watch him play, and then after that, LeBron was tripping in the back of like, "Yo, man, you hit him with the hezzy three times. Why you hit my guard with the hezzy three times?" Like. <laughs> It was crazy to see that because, like, at the time, LeBron was LeBron and Steph wasn't nobody. So, it was like, damn, that's crazy. But, um, yeah, I really think uh, if you play aggressively, like, even when I just first started watching again, I was like, this nigga averaged 50 from three? Why don't shoot more shots? <laughs> he, he just jack him up. Just fucking jack him up, man. It's not like you're going to miss him. You're going to make at least half of them. Just keep jacking. And that was how I looked at it. But at the same time, you know, you can't question a man's methods. You can't, you can't say, all right, take more bad shots. Obviously, he's taking as many good shots as he can take. But then I watched yeah. him play more, and I was like, no, nah, this nigga all took, he take all bad shots. Fuck that. He can make anything, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, this nigga be off balance, one-handed, getting smacked in the head, tripping. Like, come on, man. He just yeah. throw more shots, he'll get more points. That's all to it. That's the rule. I mean, but he's just present around those to keep niggas honest. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Because it's so. – well, see, he, he he definitely gave up a lot for KD too. Let's not ignore that fact. Nah, nah, definitely. I mean, I think they both kind of gave up for real. I mean, because KD really just turned himself into a fucking like uh, a closer. I mean, especially with KD, what they really did is said like, "Hey, man, if we can't find a shot with like six seconds left on the clock, I need you to get us a shot." You know what I mean? So that's pretty much what his role turned into. So. Mhm. And his nigga still has a nerve to complain about it. I love that boy though, so I ain't even going. I ain't even gonna come at him like that. Um, okay, okay, yeah, I, nah, man, nah, they, they cool, man. Honestly, man, it's listen, dog. It, it is what it is. I thought, man, I mean that that would have been a great team. I'd like to kind of see them. I would like to see how far it would go. But then again, it's just like, nah, man, you can't, you can't, nah. <laughs> I like seeing dynasties, man. But yo, you can't, you can't really shut down the league like that, man. Niggas had fucking like, man, six all stars on the team, dog. Like, nah, fuck that, man. Six all stars, yeah. a former all stars, just seventh man. Like n- niggas was really like, like just had boogie eight, 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 
Eight, eight deep, eight deep with starter level talent, dog. Like, nah, dog. We can't, mm-hmm. we can't add that, man. We can't add that, dog. We can't add that. We can't add that. So, nobody, nobody's gonna be able to over. Like, I guess another team could build a super team to match up with that, but that's the thing. Once you start concentrating talent like that, you know, you know what? It's not as easy because there's like Steph made that possible. Steph being as selfless as he was made that possible. Yeah, I mean, I mean, but they they hit the perfect storm, right? Because they they had Steph who was like great with his skills, and then they had almost the perfect complement and getting Clay Thompson nurturing what he had. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then they ended up getting they ended, yeah, they ended up getting Draymond a diamond in the rough to you know be able to Mr. Be, 10, like, 11, 12. You know what I mean, so. You know, he could actually, you know, and that's the thing. And then, you know, they, they, they were fortunate to have, like, you know, a lot of a lot of good vet- veterans on, like, you know, cheap contracts to be able to make things happen. And with them, I mean, they, they I think they there was guys. a lot of people making sacrifices too, nigga. A lot of people yeah. just really wanted to be on that team. KD took a pay cut. Steph took a ball. Uh, fucking, he got off the ball. Fucking Iggy took a pay cut, came off the bench. DeMarcus Cousins went on a uh, – what was it? The uh, veteran minimum or whatever? I think he got yeah, like four but, mil for that year. But but he but yeah, but he kind of he kind of had no choice though. There's no yeah, team. It's true. No, it's other true. other, t- other teams are acting like they want to want to sign him. I think he was getting low ball offers, so I think to piss everybody off, he was like, "All right, fuck, <laughs> fuck it, dog." I mean, at least man, if I'm, if I'm gonna spend half the season off. Y'all niggas think I'm washed. I'm at least get me a chip. <laughs> so I think everybody was sick. I actually need to see those reactions again. <laughs> you know from. <laughs> Well, when one of the niggas signed to Marcus Cousins. Yeah, yeah, I need to see those reactions again. So. Yeah, that shit was that shit was super extra. Them niggas went way too hard. I mean, I would um, like to see like New Orleans, New Orleans reaction because they the ones that let him go. So, huh. but then again, I, I don't think they really cared anyway. Quite honestly, no, they didn't care because so. they knew they knew AD was getting out of there too. AD been talking this trade shit for years. Yeah, because I mean, because it's not like they, nine they were, years in that bitch or some shit like that. Yeah, because I mean, he spent so much time there. But the the same ownership team that actually owns the Saints, they also own the Pelicans, and they just had the Pelicans as kind of just like you know, tourism, around. You know, what I mean, tourism attraction. They they weren't actually trying to make them an actual winning team. They weren't really trying to win no championships. You know what I mean? They were just a franchise. You know what I mean? So yep. he felt like you know, for a nigga that with that type of talent to be like you know, like a yeah. top five player. You know what I mean? Nah, dog, really, I need I'm to be really somewhere that's trying to win. Yeah, mm-hmm. like like. I really like you know like I I really need to be playing you know what I mean I need to actually get something out of this. <clears throat> I mean it's a little bit more than just money you know like man yeah like I, I need to actually win at some point so. Yeah, it's always easy to say that though once you got that money. Yeah, well then I mean but the nigga turned down the supermax man he could he could add the supermax and he stayed. He had to be making yeah, like I, 50, 50 million a year something nah, maybe even more than that though I think he would end up getting up to like sixty at some point. So. I'm not saying there should be a level to anybody's ambitions, but. 32 and being happy every day and winning games versus 50 and hating your job and being a loser. I don't know, man. I'll take that 32. It's not like I'm going to really count it. <laughs> it's not like I'm really going to count that shit. Man, it's going to get eaten up in tax. Tax is going to take most of that shit anyway at this certain point. So, you know. I mean, if you're in LA, it is. Yeah, well, yeah, that's, that's going to hurt. So, but uh, yeah. But all right, bro, let's, uh, let's get in the shout outs, man. Uh, okay. Let me, well, let me do this podcast review. Cause, uh, All right. the, the reason I like to put the podcast reviews right before the shout outs is because I feel like since a nigga is leaving, we letting the nigga know we leaving. So we kind of giving you somewhere to go since we leaving. You know what I mean? 
Okay. Um, so this is not a podcast. This is actually the best YouTube page ever. Ever in the fucking world. Uh, the NBA Storyteller on YouTube. I've been binging off of this shit for the last three days. I literally have not slept. Um, he goes into a lot of shit, mostly historical. A lot of the stuff that he's covering is not, uh, you know, 2019, 2020 season. Most of the stuff he's covering is like late 80s, late 90s through the 2000s and shit like that. But that's cool because I needed to catch up on that because I missed a lot of that. Uh, well, the 90s I was with, but I missed the uh, 2000s, the late 2000s into the, uh, the teens. I missed all the fucking teens. But anyway, he's a, he's a really good filmmaker. He's not a YouTuber. He is a YouTuber, but he's a really good fucking filmmaker. He's, he's a filmmaker. He makes documentaries with, like, narratives and, like, whole entire productions. And the shit is so technically sound. And, uh, yeah, it's just perfect. Like, it's really goddamn perfect. I can't endorse anything else in my life with so much enthusiasm as this. This is the first page that I actually subscribed and turned the fucking notifications on. Um, I told you I liked every video I watched. I made it a point to watch every video and like and comment every video because I looked at his subscribers and it was only like 56.9 thousand. And I was like, no, nah, this nigga need to have at least 350, 450. So, yeah, I liked everything. I went on Patreon, gave that nigga some bread. Uh, so yeah, I'm supporting this shit as much as I can because this I really believe in it. Like, so yeah, I'm gonna say it again. Best YouTube page ever, the NBA Storyteller on YouTube, and I can say that wholeheartedly because we are not on YouTube yet. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, damn, I got, yeah. I, I mean, I, I remember you mentioned them to me, so I actually gotta check them out and shit. Where so. it's one dude, it's one dude, but his shit is so high quality, and it's a, he calls himself a storyteller, so that lets you know, like. There's a narrative. He's he's actually he's got a beginning, a middle, and an end with a plot in mind, a problem, and a resolution. You know what I mean? Like, it's enthralling, man. It's fucking enthralling. But it's the same people that you already knew. It's the same players, the same games you don't watch. He just he just gives you a little. So is it, more so is it season by season, or is it game like you know like you know? No, it's subjects. He'll have he'll subjects. have certain subjects. Yeah, he'll have certain subjects. Like he had one John. Uh, he had one video called like no left where he, he he basically studied niggas dribbling from the 60s to, to now uh right. he had another john called um i forget what it was called exactly but it was basically uh analyzing when boogie and kd was acting like they was about to fight and everybody right. kept saying kd don't want that problem nah kd don't want that problem and then he went and broke it down and was like y'all don't know kd or boogie why is everybody just assuming so this nigga analyzed all the NBA fights. He analyzed the punches, who they were thrown by. Like, then he analyzed, like, going through footage and shit. Then he analyzed fucking Boogie's childhood versus KD's childhood and fucking pointed out that Boogie, at the age of 14, at matter of fact, at the age of 12, Boogie looked like he was 26. So he has been treated, <laughs> he has been getting treated like a grown man and getting challenged by grown men since he was 12. He and, and niggas give him a lot of shit because he had gotten this. Uh, he got suspended from school because he got thrown off of a bus because he was fighting a bus driver. Keep in mind, it's a grown fucking man, and this is a little kid that don't look like a little kid. So his whole life, niggas have been treating him, treating him like he's supposed to already know. You know what I mean? So yeah. like that's Boogie. And then people, and then you know, he went into a whole lot of people's comments on Boogie's character, saying like, "Yo, Boogie, a real genuine dude." And then this nigga was like, "You know what?" 
does he seem that way? Is he sensitive? Is he not angry? Is he just sensitive? And then he starts going into that <laughs> narrative. And he's like, damn. I actually come to think of it, I seen Boogie cry more on camera than I seen him fight. For real. And then like niggas really broke down the whole thing. And I thought that shit was fucking amazing. Um same thing with winning the KD and all of that shit. But the first video I watched on him, he was doing an analysis of LeBron's handshakes. It was dope as fuck. All right, so yeah, so he well, all right, so he's got some some real shit going on here. So yeah, ain't, this, it shit, ain't, it ain't, this shit should be on ESPN for real, for real, bro. Damn. All right, I'm I'm checking this out. Damn. All right. Well, my uh, podcast review of the week is gonna be a broken record uh, by uh, it's actually a collaboration between uh, Rick Rubin and uh, Malcolm Gladwell. So what they do is they pretty much just uh, do like interviews with uh, different artists and shit like that. So, but I guess oh, with, uh, Jews always find a way to connect, bro. I love that shit. <laughs> Even in the weirdest places, they'd be like, "Brother." So, but now, nah, but it's just funny. Like I was just listening to this week's episode. They had Rizzo on there, and he was just saying how, because uh, you know, like you know, Rick Rubin being mainly like a producer, he's able to kind of have more of that conversation with Rizzo. And pretty much mm-hmm. just talking about, like, you know, how production and, like, you know, the beats and making beats and, like, you know, just, like, how Wu-Tang got started and how, like, you know, their approach was to making the first albums and shit like that. So uh, it was actually a really good, good interview. Riz is pretty much just saying how he, like, feels more creative right now in quarantine than he's ever done. Because uh, he's mm-hmm. saying, he's like, yeah, man, all these beats I've made now, shit, if it took me, man, maybe a couple years even making any of this shit right now. So, you know, so him just pretty much finding ways to work with time on his hands and shit. But. I don't know. The, the history of the Wu Tang was actually pretty cool, man. So, and like you know, that like you said, their approach with their albums pretty much is them trying to get back to basics. Pretty much just saying that, like you know, all right, we got a record deal, but you know, what I mean, we got to remember, nigga, like you know, we got here just we'll by coming on. to the crib. You know, what I mean, we we got here just by niggas coming to the crib. You know, what I mean, rolling up, reading comic books, fucking watching kung fu flicks, and just making tracks in the process and shit like that. So, you know. You know, we got a billion, we got a million dollar studio we're working in, but you know, just remember what got us here and shit. So, yeah, that's what's awesome. Yeah, but that was it was a really pretty pretty good interview though. So, what was it called? It what was the name of the chance. podcast again? Uh, Broken Record. So, Broken record. so, so I mean, uh, Rick Rubin does most of the interviewing, but I guess like you know, it has like the the whole Malcolm Gladwell production to it. So with the backstories and the cuts and you know, and so but it, it's nice though. So just imagine, uh, what is it, uh? Revisionist history, but more about music. So, pretty cool. That's dope. I can fuck with that. I ain't been on my music doc shit lately as much as I want to. I used to be on that shit like every day, but I'm more on my sports doc shit now. Um, I want to shout out uh all the fathers, the mothers, the grandmothers, the good aunts, good uncles, the big sisters, the big cousins. Yo, it take a village, my nigga. It really take yeah. a village. It really take a village. Uh, I don't want to take no shine away from the pops because you, you really do deserve it. But at the same time, let me remind you of something that Chris Rock said that was really poignant on this issue. Niggas always want credit for some shit they supposed to do. Talking about some, I pay my bills. Nigga, you supposed to pay your fucking bills. I take care of my kids. Nigga, you supposed to take care of your fucking kids. I'm, yeah. So, yeah, shout out to y'all, man. <laughs> well, on the same tip, man, it being Father's Day, shouts out to fathers. So not only just, uh, like I said, the current generation of fathers, but 
uh, but also like the previous generations, you know what I mean? So, because, uh, you know, the niggas that were there before, they instilled some things, but, you know, kind of kept niggas off the street, you know what I mean? It's funny, like, you know, talking to a nigga that was celebrating Father's Day, he was actually just talking about how, you know, he wouldn't have survived the crack era without the fucking guidance of his dad and shit like that, you know what I mean? So, uh, shit, man. you know what I mean? You know what I mean? So, like, Lily, Lil saying, he's saying, like, yo, listen, dog, like, you know, I got motherfuckers I met that's, you know, out still out here, you know what I mean? So, luckily, I mean, I was out here and made it back, and that's just because, you know, his father was there and his ass intervened and shit like that. So, uh, so shouts out, you know, to, to the elders and the elder elders and shit like that, you know what I mean? And uh, even shouts out to the new generation of fucking fathers, you know what I mean? Niggas actually seeing how it's done uh, or seeing how it shouldn't be done and uh, growing and realizing how they want to do it better. So, uh, <laughs> so pre, pre, you know what I mean? Putting, putting pre-fatherhood on niggas and shit like that. But, you know what I mean, that's, I mean, this is, granted, like, I, I, it's never, you know, Father's Day isn't going to headline like Mother's Day does. Because, uh, honestly, like, you know, the, the work that women do, what mothers do particularly, is a little bit more thankless than what fathers do, at least traditionally, in terms of matriarchy and patriarchy and shit like that. But uh, the role of a father can't be diminished. Uh, as much, and even though it's some shit that you're supposed to do, uh, you know, you're gonna do it, do it right. You know what I mean? So shouts out to the niggas that's doing it right. So. Straight up, yo, did you call your dad and your uh, brother today? I did. So. Cool, my nigga. Uh, CJ for teaching me how to type right, even though I already could type faster than him with my broken ass technique, but he still went out of his way to teach me how to type right. Is it CJ? Yeah, I want to shout out CJ. CJ from high school and shit. My teacher. Oh, shit. Damn, dog. I wonder how these niggas is doing. Well, hopefully, we'll they, hopefully, hopefully they got on some masks and they got some fucking uh, some signs in their hands. <laughs> uh, shouts out to, what's this guy's name? Jocko Wilnick. Uh, Recently done a, a string of interviews this past week. So he's like a former uh, military guy, but uh, I don't know. I was overheard a couple interviews that he had. Just, you know, we let YouTube run and shit like that. And mm -hmm. uh, I guess his unique perspective, essentially like, you know, like that idea for like, you know, having uh, police have more military training. Uh, that's actually more of an idea that he had and having that approach and shit like that. So, uh, so shouts out to him, right. You know, at least like putting that in the ether and uh, you know, Winning some, winning over some, some minds with that. So hopefully, you know, these ideas that he's putting out there will actually grab onto something. So. Takes momentum, man. It takes momentum. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Darren Williams, because I missed your whole career, bro. I don't even know who you are. Like, <laughs> Darren Williams? Nah, yeah. his, his Utah run was the shit. I mean, once he got to Brooklyn, he got the money, and he just kind of, you know. The nigga was on the Redeem team with fucking all of them niggas. And I was watching that shit. I'm like, who the fuck is Ball? Why he got the ball? And apparently he wasn't so bad, but I missed that nigga whole career. Was it long? Uh, I mean, it was he, – he had a nice run. I mean, I th it's really that, like, he was just – he was the shit when he was on Utah. But while he was playing at uh, – while he was playing in Brooklyn, he pretty much just, like, just kind of – he realized they weren't going to win at all. Granted, like Brooklyn, they were they were putting as much money and making as many moves as they could to actually win. But it was kind of like that overnight shift where, like, all right, if we get this nigga, we pay this nigga, and we get this nigga over here, maybe we can make this happen. I mean, that only happens when you got a nigga like LeBron. You know what I mean? You can't just 
throw a bunch of niggas together and just expect the shit to work. You know what I mean? So Darren Williams, Joe Johnson. I don't know if you if you gotten to him yet. Uh, uh, I ain't see Joe Johnson. Who the fuck is Joe yeah, Johnson? Exactly. Well, yeah, let's check him out. You know what I mean? So, but he's a he's another one of those type of niggas who was nice as shit, but you know just had a, had a limited run and shit. So, but they try to throw him, Joe Johnson. Uh, in fact, was he the tall dark skin boy? Lopez with the with the uh, box tall, head. Tallish, yeah. He was like you know like six eight, six nine, but could shoot great, good mid mid range game. So. Oh yeah, that's why he died that mid range. So he was um, he was he was a poor poor man's mellow. I see. Mellow is uh, a poor man's mellow. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you give a shout out to uh, Darius Garland. Uh, I just saw some stats, and they, literally the stats came out that this thing is actually the, the worst. Yeah, the worst NBA player right now in terms of just like win shares and efficiency and, and shit. all that shit like that. So. Shouts out yeah, to you. He, you know why? Because he's playing quality minutes on the worst team in the league right now. That's why. Yeah. That's going to happen to you. That's, that's what's going to happen to you if they keep you on that goddamn court on a losing <laughs> game every fucking night. <laughs> so, coaches calling you, y'all thugs and shit. <laughs> Terrible. But, yeah, so, so here's the uh, – Here's to you actually being most approved player next season. You know I mean? so, <laughs> Good luck, Darius Garland. Good luck. So, so. Oh, shit. Colin Sexton, help him. Please help him. Kevin Love, help that boy. Kev, Kev out of there. Kev ain't doing shit. Um, let me give a shout-out to Lauren Nefesha. Uh, she supplied me with that Nina Simone quote from earlier. It was uh, I haven't necessarily collaborated with her, but. We were cool early on, and now I just follow on Instagram. So she she does all types of art and shit. I don't know. I don't know. I just want to give her credit for the quote. Uh, let me give a shout out to the K-pop fans. I don't know if niggas heard about what they did, but uh, so Donald Trump had a rally last night in Tulsa, and apparently a bunch of K-pop fans they actually RSVP'd and ordered a bunch of tickets for the event and didn't show up. So they they did a fifty cent. They did fifty this nigga. I love it. That's so, beautiful. See, that's putting your money where your fucking mouth is. Like, <laughs> an owner could do that. An owner could do that, and that would be more effective than giving to a fucking charity. Um, that's dope, though. That's really cool. Uh, shout out Hakeem the Dream. This nigga's still charging fifteen to a hundred stacks to teach these motherfuckers how to do the dream shape. And you know the best part. He will never tell him that before he became a basketball player, he was a professional soccer player and a professional handball player. <laughs> handball, my nigga. Professional. <laughs> oh, man. Prerequisite skills. So how old was he when he came into the league, yo? How old? I don't even know. I think 24 if I had to take a guess. Probably 30, though. Some African yeah. age beautifully. Yeah. They really do. <laughs> yeah, man. I feel like he came in. Nice, fifty-seven. His age during the draft. Well, either way, wait. Well, yeah. That's what are they saying that about uh Thon Maker or something like that? What's this? They were saying like Thon Maker was actually like thirty years old or some shit like that when he came to the league. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when yeah. they were saying that he was like eighteen or nineteen or some shit like that. No, you know what's crazy? Cam Johnson, who played for UNC, who he's now on uh, the Suns. He's a, he just got drafted this year. He's 24 years old, and I cannot fucking figure out why, yo. 
Like, I went and looked at this nigga's college career and NBA and, uh, and high school career. I cannot figure out how the fuck he's 24 years old already. He's older than Devin Booker already. Uh, I mean, I know a lot of niggas transfer. Did, was he in college four years and he stay in college longer? Because I know a lot of niggas, you know. I think he did five years, but that don't account for being 24. <laughs> 24? He's 24, yeah. yo. Sheesh. I mean, he probably had a rough yeah. yeah, I guess. I mean, he probably tried to go overseas and realized he couldn't go overseas. So the nigga decided to go to college. Probably went to college. Had to transfer schools a couple times. You know what I mean? And then, you know, finally got into the draft and shit like that. So that whole, uh, that whole journey into the league, man. It's going to be interesting, man. We're going to see how, like, you know, with the G League and all these different things coming up now, man. How that's going to change the dynamic of college basketball? Yep. Well, they fucking themselves over anyway because they was trying to put niggas – they was trying to have niggas play for no money. They was trying to have niggas play when school wasn't even in session. And they was trying to have niggas play with no crowd. Uh, I think after about – I don't know. After another year of this bullshit, especially considering the COVID situation and, and, and how education systems gonna look after this, yeah, they taking a hit. They taking a huge fucking hit. Ain't nothing gonna be the same. We yeah. might not see that tournament the way it was before. Nah, probably not. But it's probably for this is for the best. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I loved it, but it was definitely exploitive. Ah uh, man, and another shout out. Oh, yeah. Well, man, well, this, this is a cheesy shout-out, but I guess I'll just do it anyway, you know. Shouts out to the listeners again, man. We made it to episode 20. This made possible by you guys actually listening. So, thank you. The more you guys listen, the more we're going to turn these motherfuckers out. Man, fuck y'all. Y'all niggas can't affect me. I'm going to do me, and y'all going to react to it. See, that's why we oh, work man. so well together. We got completely different perspectives on shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. Why is Ja Rule trending on fucking Twitter right now? I hate to know. Oh, man. All right, bro. You ready to get up out of here, man? Yeah, I'm ready to get up out of here, man. I'm going I'm to give him another Wayne quote. Say what I just said again in another beautiful way. I'm going to do Ooh. me, and you're going to do what you can do about it. <laughs> Oh, man. No, nah, shout out to y'all, though. We really do appreciate y'all, man. So, you know, so we in call to action, the best thing you guys can do about this is actually share this shit with your friends. And uh, there you go. Follow niggas on Twitter, Real Nigga Pod, at Real Nigga Pod. Yeah, share this shit with your, fa- your friends. Uh, follow niggas on Twitter. Uh, send a nigga a message. Uh, make suggestions as to what you would like niggas to talk about. Interact with a nigga. Um. Yeah, that's a, that's pretty much all I got. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We are a Sunday podcast. We will see you every Sunday. And some other days during the week too. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't get your hopes up though. Yeah, but yeah. So, in an effort to get this out to continue being a Sunday podcast, we gotta say bye. <laughs> but, Word. But alright, y'all. Peace, man. Thanks, y'all.